guys and girls, and welcome to episode 142 of the F Reality Podcast. Gather round and cozy in as we discuss the latest news from the VR industry. This week, we're going to be talking about new VR covers designed for working out in virtual reality. We'll be having a look at the new Pico Neo 2 standalone VR headsets. Then we'll be talking about our experience when we teamed up this week to try a new VR escape room called Dr. Crumb's School for Disobedient Pets. <laughs> That's really cool. You definitely want to stick around for that. And we've also got an interview with its creators as well for the end of the show. And then finally, uh, Zim has got some releases for you to look forward to next week. Uh, but first up, I want to say a few words um, because we've always wanted to keep politics out of this show. Uh, but there comes a time when the matter at hand is just far too important not to say anything at all. Um, we feel like we have a responsibility as a team to use this platform for good and to help raise awareness for the Black Lives Matters movement. Now, we don't have the answers to this problem. Uh, and quite frankly, as a group of four straight white guys, uh, we don't understand what it's like to be discriminated against on a daily basis. However, uh, with that said, what we can do is uh, listen to the black community educate ourselves and offer support and you can do the same thing um you know racist does uh, racism doesn't have a place in our community and together you know we we all share a passion for technology and that is ultimately what unites us uh, regardless of where we live our religion our race or our gender so uh we just want to say we encourage you to challenge any discriminatory behavior both inside and outside of the metaverse we support the black lives matter movement and peaceful protest and we hope wherever you are in the world right now that you're keeping safe and well. And uh, that's what we wanted to say. So I um, hope you understand. And I hope you uh, are with us in, in what we say. Uh, but with that said, let's uh, get on with the show and, uh, and have some fun. So let's uh, introduce you to the team. Let's find out what they've been up to this week and the highlight of the week. And feel free to uh, share your highlights in VR this week in the chat as well. We always love to see what you've been up to as well. So first up, this guy puts the pro in pro putt. He loves nothing more than hitting the green and whacking his balls. My Frisian friend, of course, Nathy. How you doing, dude? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. If if I look a little bit tired right now on video, it's because you know the hay fever season has uh, officially started. <laughs> it's pretty rough, I gotta say. Uh, but um, besides that, you know, diving into VR, you know, escapes escapes yourself from that you know feeling of hay fever actually it's true you know the more your inside screens the the more uh the nicer it is for your eyes actually it's weird maybe you need uh the uh, was it the 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 scent thing that blows mist in your face oh. is it the the, the feel, feel real oh feel the feel real. real yeah that's what you maybe. need maybe maybe that'll well, make you feel better you'll well, be able to smell beat saber instead of the pollen <laughs> <laughs> uh, but do you think it smells like beets then as well? Beets, definitely. Beets. Yeah. We, like, we never actually discussed what it what it would smell like. Yeah, beets. Like beets. Beets. Dwight like Schrute would uh, would be able to tell us what beets <laughs> smell like from his beet beet farm. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I always thought it would smell like a MIG welder. You know, like when someone's welding some metal. Like that's what it would smell like. Okay. Like you just like. Yeah, gotten off of a MIG welder unit and, and that, that kind of electrical burnt metal smell. I, I was more thinking about like Luke Skywalker's sweaty armpits or something. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> anyways. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone, their fantasy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I would buy, you know, to feel real. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually played this uh, golf game on Quest 
um, because last week we spoke about it. I was like, maybe I should just try it. Uh, it's it's a fun uh, it's a fun let's say party game. Uh, it's not a serious golf uh, title, you know. It's it's mini golf, uh, and you have um, three different worlds you can go to. You have the desert, then you have this beach, and you have um, another one that I just don't remember because I don't think I've even played it. But um, the first three are for the noobs. They're like the amateur. Uh, it's the amateur golf course because you have uh, a help system that allows you to see where you're gonna hit the ball and where it's going. It's it's kind of like cheating. It felt a bit, uh, you know, um, simple in that sense. So when I when I played with someone else, I just said like, let's not use that because it's just like you follow the line and you you're 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 looking like the next tiger woods playing <laughs> playing some mini golf um, but then you also have the same three worlds but then it's pro so then there is nothing there you really have to work with the wind and stuff but again it, it's it's super arcadey uh, I, I would love to see something more um you know simulation wise like what they have on the playstation vr uh, everybody plays golf or loves golf uh, mm-hmm. That one is like, you know, it's it's about wind speeds, about all kinds of stuff. But I just want the full experience, okay? I want to be driving, you know, a golf cart with my friends, driving around, also hitting, hitting uh, you know, the bar for a beer or, or something. Just, you know, from start to finish. I just don't want only the golf part. I just want... You want the every- whole golf experience. Yeah, like, like dressing up and stuff and mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, it, it like, you know, what, what What it made me realize is that, um, yes, it's it's great to be playing, uh, you know, party games on Quest, just like this one. It's welcome because uh, I thought that, that Cloudlands wasn't that, you know, good on Quest uh, compared to the PC version. Oh. But... I was, I was um, going to say, how dare you? How dare... But then you said Quest version. Yeah, and exactly, I, I because the PC yeah. version is, is great. I, Really, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's fantastic. Enjoyed it, um, but it, it it made me also realize that on one side, I I I I like the party games the Quest has, but I am also kind of ready for the next headset to have something more serious, more more let's say um, single player, bigger games because the party stuff is great, but in the long run you want to you know what I mean, like Red mm-hmm. Matter or uh, Star Wars Vader Immortal yeah. or. I get it, and as well as like veterans in the VR space, um, we've played a lot of this game, these games before, and I think that's probably why it also, feels a yeah. bit longer, yeah. um, because you know a, a lot of people obviously are joining in for the first time, and that's great, amazing, um, but for us, it's kind of like we, we've we've played a lot of these games already on the PC, and that we're, we're now just yes. playing the Quest versions of those games. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. We want more um, longer but, and more in-depth single-player experiences. I, I, I also think it will elevate the the headset to a to a, a new level where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. if you buy this headset, you can really uh, play something intriguing, something that you have never experienced yeah. before. Like we we have seen with Half Life Alex, with with uh, the Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, etc. I, I still uh, think Echo. that the uh, the the Medal of Honor game ultimately will come to Quest. Do you think that's why it's been delayed? Oh, what i i i'm because the a lot of the things that we saw that they do is to optimize things for quest like mm. uh like the zoom function that we're using um it, it's all to limit rendering space i think so i do think that they're well i'm not saying that the reason why they delayed it is, is because it's coming to quest but i do think that 
If, if it doesn't release together on Quest, it will but, come uh, later on Quest as well. It's going to be a smart move, of course, to release that game on the next-gen headset if that's what they're working on. Well, that, sure. that, that would uh, once again confirm that, that PC VR is not the most important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think they're not going to do that because if they do, then the community is not going to be very happy on the other side because mm-hmm. this is one of the only titles that you... Could well, play on an Oculus The community Rift on the Quest will be very happy. Yeah, and true. We'll know that the biggest community, no, the biggest community. Rift is, yeah, that's is true. on the Quest. Well, maybe, so maybe, maybe will outweigh the unhappy but people. If we're, <laughs> maybe, maybe they are shifting all of their games that they have been working on. But then also Lone Echo could also uh, come to Quest. Then I think they have been yeah. then completely shifting all of their games to Quest. I don't know. Who knows? It, it all <laughs> depends on like in, in what cycle they were when they started thinking about the Quest version. Mm. You know, like like Medal of Honor. Well. They, they were probably in the in the begin phase when they started talking about an Oculus Quest. So I do mm-hmm. think that uh, that they immediately looked looked at like is it is it possible for us to integrate this on a later stage? While Lone Echo Two has been in development, I think I, I mean I don't know of course, but I think it's been uh, a bit longer. That I think it's uh, it's going to be hard. Well, Medal of Honor has like, been like in development for a long time too. They have been constantly, you know, uh, four years I think. Yeah. So now at this point, so yeah, so it's been a long time. <laughs> but going back to uh, Pro Part, would you recommend this as like a multiplayer experience? Was it fun, sort of playing with another friend? Yes, yes, uh, I, I, I would, I would. Um, but the only thing that I do want to highlight, and for me that felt like a, 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 a let's say a con, and that is the fact that you can only play it with one more person. Well, I would like to play it with let's say four. Or oh, right. you know, okay. uh, having a bigger party, uh, so it's really you're stuck with one person, and that's yeah, what... yeah. Although I remember playing disc golf with you guys, and then it just turns to chaos. <laughs> so, uh, so you, you got you got to choose every what you game want. we ever play together leads to chaos. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk more about that later on, but a uh, good recommendation, Nathy. So a uh, solid golf game on Quest, uh, yes. but you you thought the the PS uh, VR version, well, the everybody plays golf was a little bit better. But it's kind of fun to play with friends, but restricted only to one. Yes. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Your best friend. <laughs> Next up, his name is Zim. His name is Zim. His name is Zim. His name is not Jim. <laughs> his <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, no. Jim. Jim How top five, doing? right? <laughs> uh, Jim. Uh, Jim. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. Um yeah, I don't know. That was really good last week. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I, I can use the cheering up, you know. Tough yep. time being an American. Um, really is. And uh, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just I don't feel like myself, actually, after this last week. It's so, it's so weird because I feel like I feel like that last show feels like a month ago at this stage. Mm. Like the amount of stuff that's gone down. Um, and, and so thank you for continually calling me Jim because... Uh, <laughs> At least it makes me feel a little bit happier about things. Um, but honestly, seeing the real face of everything, even now, like we've just had the, this massive oil spill in Russia is the next thing as well. And um, as somebody who lived in Alaska and, and my father worked for the oil industry, actually, while I was there, uh, I know what you know oil spills can do and the damage it causes. And that is a, not, a monstrous piece of news. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just like every single week we seem to have another massive thing dropping this week seems to have been at least three and Mm -hmm. it's a very hard thing to live with 2020 and stare it in the face and say like i got you because i fucking don't anymore i just uh, it just keeps beating me up um yeah you know but aside from that and and i'll talk on lighter subject now 
before I go any deeper. Um, but yeah, I, I played Iron Man this week uh, off of the back of a couple of friends. Nathy mentioned it. Uh, you guys have, have you know given it thumbs up before, and like holy shit, that game is how how the code behind Iron Man VR that Camouflage did to allow you to feel like you've got 360 tracking in a game where you bloody don't is incredible. I, mm-hmm. I spent 75 minutes absolutely enjoying that game. Um, and it's just like, it's it's like so, it's so much better than many other things out there. And that's just the demo. So unless they fall on their face and, you know, it's a 75 minute demo, but a three hour game, or, you know, the game really goes off of uh, the deep end, like we've seen with a few titles, then I think Camouflage are really going to kill it because that game's out in less than a month. Uh, Iron Man VR and I had an absolute blast like the feeling of just flying and and blasting stuff um, it's what I needed to be honest in the middle of my week you know I needed to feel a little bit in control again and free and flying around like a superhero it felt like um, um, Megaton Rainfall where Mm. you've got all those special powers except for in that Mm. one you're like a psychopath (laughs) superhero who's accidentally blowing buildings filled with people up and in this one you're pretty much in control uh so yeah. it's, it's it's an awesome demo and if you have a playstation vr and you're like ah oh, wait for the game go play the demo you'll you'll appreciate it i think definitely like a cousin of mine who's recently got into vr he's got a psvr and he was he was asking me like why does he feel sick when he plays ace combat in vr but not when he plays iron man in vr and it's it's the locked horizon right but Although the horizon is locked, it still gives you a real amazing sense of freedom. And that's the magic, like you said, that Camouflage have injected into this game. Yeah. But but also talking about like, you know, real world events and, and feeling a bit blue. I think, you know, I don't think anyone's going to criticize anyone for feeling a bit blue this year because of the, the whole, you know, tsunami of events that have been sort of uh, thrown at us. But I think the thing is with VR, and this is kind of how I initially got into VR in the first place, is that it's like the ultimate escapism. You know, I was going through a rough time of it and uh, and using VR is the way to escape that. And I think it, it does a very good job at that because you mm. are completely immersed in an experience and you can't really think of anything else. Um, so, you know, fortunately, well, we I have th- this I technology think that is also, around us. Yeah, I think that's also the reason why, why, why gaming has become such a popular medium in general, because mm. it is a form of, of, of escapism and, and virtual reality is just that next level of it because you actually go into that virtual world. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, I'm yeah, VR. Awesome. Yeah, I saw, I saw a uh, really interesting little uh, slide this week at work, which showed uh, all the industries uh, that are doing terribly right now, and all the industries that are doing well. Uh, of course, medical equipment and stuff like that, like that's doing really well right now. But the second one in in that order uh, was was high tech, because everyone's you know buying high tech equipment for you know getting ready at home, podcasting equipment, cameras, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Who you know, trying to kind of get into, you know, that office space. Um, but also, I just think about people who have been in the queue kind of waiting for VR and and even the people who don't even know VR exists. Because mm-hmm. there are people out there who are going through this time and like, yeah. you know, they feel like they're trapped in a wood cabin somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, with them, their thoughts and maybe going a little bit batty. Uh, and I just think that yeah. what VR really lets you do uh, for me is it just lets you connect with people. And actually, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I've, I've taken from gaming for at least 10 years now is having portable friendships is super powerful because like Rowdy, right? When you lift and shift and you pick up and you're in a new place, like you can all feel very alien and sometimes overwhelming. 
Um, you know, I'm not saying that Rowdy necessarily feels that way. He's quite a gung-ho fella. But, um, you know, if you do feel that way, this is a great way to kind of take your friendships. And you're, you're like, it's like getting on the phone with somebody and you're like, hey, you're still here with me every yeah. single day. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's like Absolutely. Uh, it's like when uh, when last year when I went to Oculus Connect, you know, uh, every morning I called my mom and said like, you know, it's going to be fun, this and that. But it feels like like just like home, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly. so nice. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, being able to chat with people and, and, and sharing feelings and stuff like that. And then the same with video games, right? Like multiplayer stuff where you jump into the wheel is like, hey, no, it's great. No, it's very good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, and, and and so anyone anyone out there who hasn't already, you're all gamers probably who are watching this. There's probably very few of you who haven't haven't been uh, loving that for years. But it's just like it's such a special thing. And actually, I I've wished for so many years, especially seeing the events in the last week or so. I just kind of wished that there was a country you could sign up to that was the internet, you know, and like you could <laughs> the internet because yeah. because you're all kind yeah. of you know faceless in that you don't get to. You know the the prejudices of of normal human interaction fall away. I mean, I've made friends with an eight year old and a and an, eight, and an eighty year old. You know, at this on the same level, and it's like it's it, it's fantastic, and that's why I will continue to keep mm. coming back to the net for uh, for for my lifetime. I think. Awesome. Yeah, glad to hear that you're enjoying Iron Man. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you have a I'm PSVR smitten. and if you don't I have a PSVR. I'm kind of missing out to be honest a little I bit. I can't believe I like it. There's so much HUD. It's like you see like 40% of your screen you can see through. <laughs> I can't Being believe Iron it. Man is just awesome yeah, though. No, like Iron Man is such so, an epic Marvel dude, character. Dude, it's so satisfying to play that game. The boosters and everything, the sounds mm. you hear and the, yeah. and the the comedy that mixes with it. It's it's like like a serious reason to still buy a PlayStation VR. Yeah, for a like if, if you don't have a what was that? They just launched a bundle, right? Mm -hmm. just, yeah, they did. There's a bundle yeah, that's going to have the move controllers. Yeah. And Playing yeah. the demo, I literally said to myself, you know what? You don't have the move controllers. This is actually worth getting the move controllers for. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Solid recommendation. So next up, this guy loves nothing more than to go undercover in VR with his big floppy ears, making him the most Shut adorable <laughs> disobedient pet. Throughout VR. How are you doing? And what was your highlight this week, dude? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, my my lockdown ended on the on Wednesday. My, my quarantine ended on Wednesday, Yay. so I'm now free to go outside, which I actually haven't barely done so far. Wow. I, I've only took a picture, like I posted in the Twitter group of me going outside, and after that I went back inside. <laughs> uh, but I, I did go for some apartment hunting and stuff like that. So. Uh, I've been finding my, my way around here in uh, Montreal, and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, I've got myself some, some maple syrup. This, uh, some of uh, the people watching probably saw on the Twitter video that I posted, so uh, uh, it's been really nice. But no, my, my highlight of this week is um, it's one of controversy, I would say. If you, if you see like all of the events that happened in the, in the past week, uh, like you have the events that are happening, happening currently still in the United States, but you have something that happened directly after our podcast as well, which was the SpaceX launch to the International Space Station, mm. which we all were very excited about. And I think it's uh, one of those things that really accurately shows like what people can accomplish if they just work together. Mm. And I think that is something that is that is just beautiful to see um, because this is this is a work of that, that, that crosses generations and crosses race and crosses all of those kind of boundaries. And I think that's a, a very beautiful thing because that's something that we need as well. You know, we have a lot of hard problems that we need to solve in this world. Uh, we have climate change. We have, you know, we want to go to Mars. We want a better virtual reality headset. We want to colonize uh, the entire solar system. 
very hard problems. We need a lot of bright people to do that. And in order to, to, to get that, we need to have uh, a large amount of people we can choose from. Uh, so only limiting that to a subset is something that is, I think, is, is rather stupid. Mm. Um, but just the, the space launch in general is is something that I that I've I mean it's just amazing to watch and to see that that humanity yeah. can accomplish something like that. Uh, makes me very excited about the future. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I should should mention actually is that um, you know a lot of people gathered to watch this, the the launch in big screen, which was uh, they had some record numbers actually. Oh, nice. uh, people watching the launch in big screen, which is amazing yeah, for them as correct. a platform. Um, but also um, some beady-eyed people who's in our sort of group of uh, VR friends noticed that Felix and Paul have uh, some some VR 360 cameras aboard the ISS space station. Uh, so they're going to be uh, making uh, a 360 uh, ISS experience uh, in the future, which is amazing. So Felix and Paul, they yeah. make all the best uh, 360 VR it's, videos. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that um, they have made a two-episode of uh, Space Explorers. Uh, mm -hmm. where they oh, yes. dive into yeah. uh, you know what's going on behind the scenes at NASA, uh, SpaceX. Um, you actually get to see uh, one of the Falcon rockets launch and you're like on the front row. Well, actually mm -hmm. front row where the <laughs> you barely see anything because, you know, all the, the, the smoke and all the stuff that comes out of a rocket just flies right into your face, but it's very immersive. I think that actually what they recorded... Uh, last week is going to be a part of Space Explorers, maybe uh, another episode of that. Um, and it, and that's free, by the way. So Space mm -hmm. Explorers uh, is free on, I think, Quest and also Rift. So you can just watch it everywhere. And also Mission mm -hmm. ISS, if you want to check that out, is also free on uh, Quest and Rift and you can explore yes. the International Space Station. I would just give a caveat that it's quite <laughs> um, intense and, uh, you know, the zero G is, is oh, pretty God. rough. Oh, it's, it's very intense, actually. I would say that, uh, that there's a bit where you go, you step outdoors, and uh, yeah, that uh, that that got me. Like I, all I of a wish... sudden, it was like, whoa! But learning how to wash your hair in space was one of the most enthralling things I've seen captured, <laughs> and it's part of that, and it's yeah. really awesome. So do check that out. I I do wish that for for future launches and and future um, uh, episodes and those like you know virtuality kind of videos. That they would place one of those videos not in the in the cockpit per se, but uh, with the people who actually organize the launch. You know, the people who do the countdown. Uh, you know, uh, the, the all the all the buttons, and where you get that like. Because I always find that um, that moment like the most exhilarating is where they confirm the launch or they confirm that uh, that you know the the lockdown has been made or the, mm. the, those kind of things. Like you, you you see all those people cheering oh, like. Yeah. Uh, throwing their papers around that kind of stuff like i think that is just amazing to yeah. see and that is like part of it why i like watching those videos as well it would be awesome to have a virtual reality kind of video set in there where you can be one of those people so mm. to say where you can see like the launch on the big screen in, in that's in that uh in that space center happening and then you know you you have to lift off you have uh everything happening around you and you can you can experience that kind of uh that uh, kind of thrill as well. I think yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, Vert VR is asking in the chat, where can you experience the uh, Felix and Paul videos? Uh, they're actually like standalone apps on the App Store. Um, they made the Jurassic World one, didn't they, as well, I think. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. go check them out. Search them out. Space Explorers blue, is uh, the one the that Nathan one, was talking right? about. It's hard to find. How do you guys um, navigate to that content? Because I, I, especially now, I don't know if you guys have been toying around with the new universal menu that Oculus launched on Quest. Like the mm. way that content is organized is different now. And it's kind of going through this evolution. I don't find 
that type of, I'll call it Discovery Channel material, easy to find. How do you guys uh, find it? You've got to search for it, yeah. It's, it's very find hard. Me. It's very hidden. It's also not really getting promoted because, I mean, it's it's not what they make the most money on. Um, yeah. and, and, and something that... Uh, I, I keep being surprised by is when you uh, dive into Oculus Video. I know it's one of those apps that from the outside just doesn't look that exciting. But the moment you're in there and you watch some stuff, then it's like, wow, because they add new stuff every week. Um, but it's very strange to have standalone apps uh, like the one from Felix and Paul, but then also have Oculus Video, where sometimes also those videos are getting placed. Um, so exactly. it, it's a bit it's of a very a, good point. It's a bit of a mess. But yeah, navigation-wise, yeah. on the store, make make an extra genre there, promote it some more. Uh, but again, you know, if the money doesn't roll in with that, uh, because it's free stuff, so why promote mm. it if there is no money to be made? Uh, yeah. Well, I would just promote it. But hey, good point. <laughs> um, so what about the chat? What have they been up to this week? Any good suggestions from them? Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, we have a Recycled who played Lone Echo with Knuckles. Uh, works awesome. I have never tried nice. that. Um, mm. but uh, with, with Revive, I guess. Yes, yes, with Revive. Um, then we have uh, someone who played Lo-Fi. Uh, there is an Alpha this week. Um, I think there was something going on with that before. Yeah, there, there was, was an alpha before. Yeah, okay. there was an alpha quite a while ago. So either that's an update, um, Kickstarter milestone. Well, I know maybe? that I know they've got an announcement to make during the VR showcase, which we're going to talk about very shortly. Uh, okay, so maybe that's the reason why. Uh, okay. Well, he says incredible visuals. Mm -hmm. um, then we have uh, Barra Bank who played Elite Dangerous, uh, and then the arena mode, and also Grip. Um, then we have Otterly Fox who dove into Hellblade. Um, also a great third-person VR experience. Mm -hmm. um, then we have Apple, who uh, <laughs> played Job Simulator, Super Hot, and Accounting Plus. And last but not least, we have Gaming Science Teacher, who tried Supernatural this morning. And she says that she was not impressed. Uh, she uninstalled it, I don't know after how long, <laughs> canceling free <laughs> trial membership. Uh, yeah. I, I do uh, know for a fact that they... I think they dropped the price. Uh, they did. Was it was it like for a month or for a for a year? I think it was for a year that they dropped the price on. That's right. If you bought it as a year, then yeah. you got a discount. I can't remember what it was now, uh, but that was their their deal. And I'm not even sure if that deal is still going now. No, but I I, I what what annoys me a little bit is that I see people sometimes live streaming it, but I just don't have access to it. I'm like, why is this even a thing in 2020 where I yeah, in in the little Holland land, cannot enjoy the same thing someone else can play in the U.S. or the other way around. We know why, but still, it's it's just so stupid. It sucks. I yeah. got a question for Chad on the ba basis of what you mentioned there, Nathan. Someone mentioned that they played Elite Dangerous, uh, the arena, yeah. every time for the last couple of years. Whenever I've gone back to Elite Dangerous to dip in, arena, which is kind of like the Death the match. Valkyrie part is the deathmatch component yeah. and CTF actually as well. It's quite good back in the day. It's always been dead. Servers wouldn't even match. Well, that's why I was, yeah, I was also So I'm wondering, wondering like, was that successful or is it still dead? I'd be really curious to know because yeah. of the news. Maybe people are now yeah. driven back. Yeah, it could also be that this person uh, invited their friends over, so you create your own little party. Uh, I, I even know that there are like discords who uh, sometimes uh, create these parties together so they can play inactive uh, titles and kind of revive them the moment they play. Nice. Yeah. 
Nice. Some good suggestions. Some good suggestions. So uh, my highlight of the week this week uh, was Half-Life Alex, but it was a mod of the game, uh, and it was called Bellomora Skya Station. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful there. Wow. Created by modder uh, called Dids, and it's available for free on the Steam Workshop. Um, this mod, uh, unlike some of the others, it's kind of like inspired by kind of survival horror games, a bit like Resident Evil. Um, take, would probably take you around 20 minutes to finish. Uh, you make your way through an abandoned City 17 subway station infested with zombies and headcrabs. Um, but the interesting thing is about this mod is that it takes the gravity gloves away from you. Um, so you lose that power. And it's surprising how powerful having those is and, and, and how strip back you feel when you don't have access to them because you physically got to bend over and pick up ammo on the floor you've got to really search around to pick up ammo that is on shelves and ammo like is is really scarce in this mod and, and there's a lot of enemies as well so you've got to be really careful about uh, your shots line them up correctly um, and also make sure you're thoroughly searching for ammo otherwise you're going to get stuck later on um, so it's a, it's a version of half-life alex that is bad for your back exactly yes bad for your back <laughs> And also potentially bad for your mind because it's very, very intense. Very well, intense. Probably that... the most scariest and intense Half-Life Alex experience I've tried so far. How does that go with the pickup? Because like uh, one of the things we were saying the other the other day was like the fact that you got the gravity gloves, like they you're you're able not to bend down. Does it work well, or did you find any conflict with that? I'm kind of curious. Oh no, it does work well. It does work well. Most of the ammo is on like shelves or counters. You don't have to bend over that often, but you do sometimes okay. Okay. Um, if you drop it, for example. Um, but what makes this map even worse than the ammo situation and the zombie situation, the headcrab situation, is the fact that it's pitch black. Uh, you can't see anything, um, and all you have is a flare to light your way. Um, so your, ha your hand has got a flare in it, then you've got your gun, so then when it comes to reloading, it becomes a bit tricky. You need to like throw the flare in a tactical place where you can still see the enemies around you, because when a headcrab starts jumping around in the dark, that is terrifying. Um, and sort of frantically reload your gun and get back but, into the fray but um it, it's really well done it's got some set pieces uh it's got some super creepy music and overall the atmosphere that they've they've added to this experience is really great so if, if you're if you're you know up for a bit of uh you know being scared in vr <laughs> being you, scared in vr oh, how you, much you know, play you, time you're a bit this. brave about 20 minutes about 20 okay minutes. that's not, not too not bad yeah, so, yeah i was gonna say that's we so. got a we got a question from Revivalizer. Is a developer a chiropractor? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, but I would say it's definitely up there with Crash Course and Mindbreak. Uh, mm. that are also great uh, mods, free to check out, by the way, on the Steam Workshop. Um, but actually, funny enough, although I recommend this and you should go and check it out, I also heard about something potentially even scarier, and that is that someone has remade uh, PT in Alex. Yeah. Um, and that's what people were saying in the chat, because yeah. I was like, confused, like... Uh... Yeah. Well, so right. PT is like a was it? It stands for like playable tech demo or something like that. Playable teaser, remember. I think. Playable, playable teaser, teaser, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I played it. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was horrific. Um, I played the remake good. on PC a while ago, a fan made remake oh, remake. Yeah. Uh, but this has been fully remade in Half Life Alex, and again, you can check that out for free on the workshop. I, I did the, the, the VR version because someone modded that, right? Yeah, before, that's right. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did a part of that up until like I think the game broke or something for me. So right, uh, but that was not a fun experience. So no. so what what I what I'm wondering is uh, so because it's so dark and you played it with the Valve Index, I guess. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, so so with with the speakers, then like, what is that? What is that like? Oh, with the Valve Index, with because the you would speakers? be able to kind of hear where oh, the headcrabs are going. And oh yeah, 
uh, it's, it's horrible, very it's important horrible. to to have that i guess yeah because you shoot a zombie and the head crab falls off and you think oh it's dead and then mm. it gets up and jumps over your shoulder and you're like crap i've got a, i've got a head crab behind me now <laughs> and i've got to deal with it reloading my gun because it's out of ammo and i've got this flare i need to deal with it and it gets it becomes very intense all of a sudden but it's very that, cool that flare thing though like that that was something that i used to uh, it's been quite a few years now but in day z it used to go to pitch black dark levels at night and you'd be wandering around with these road flares and it was that flare zombie uh threat combination is very effective there's something yeah. about that like low level lighting doesn't make for a great broadcast unless you're um really mucking with the gam in the gray levels very oh, hard yeah. for would, other people to see it would look terrible in video. yeah so so but um but as a, as an experience for you as a human being to go through yeah it's uh must must have felt nice and nice and toasty in there if you're feeling brave <laughs> go check it out for sure but uh that's what i played this week highly recommend it so yeah, um, very escapism, like yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's a testament to say like that's that's what I'd rather do, you know, escape into a world full of zombies in the dark than deal with what's happening in the real world. I think that's a testament to what's going on. But anyway, um, before we get into uh, the news, I just want to uh, thank the sponsor of this week's show, and that is of course Synth Riders. They've been sponsoring the show the last few episodes. We really really appreciate their support. Uh, Synth Riders, it's a, a unique VR rhythm game uh, from the fine folks over at Kluge Interactive. And what makes Synth Riders different from every other VR music rhythm game out there is that it encourages you to freestyle dance and get into the groove and just kind of lose yourself uh, in the music. And this is kind of one of those games like we talked about, like it's really good escapism. You know, you can just switch your brain off, enjoy the music and just get sucked into that world and ride the rails, which is a lot of fun. Um, so Synth Riders is also unique in that it supports custom tracks has your fitness uh, tracker integration, cross-platform multiplayer where you can play with up to 10 players cross-platform, which is awesome fun and gets that sort of like competitive spirit out of you. Certainly got it out of me. Um, so yeah, go and check out Synth Riders. It's available uh, now on Quest, Oculus Rift, uh, SteamVR and Viveport. Links are in the description down below. I actually checked that out this week and because uh, I was just like, ah, I'll, I'll try it. And I didn't know that your integration meant you have a your watch on your wrist. Yeah. Like it's literally there, mm -hmm. you know, on your wrist. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I've, I've personally since abandoned using your because it's too depressing that I don't get enough exercise. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it, it, they did a really nice job with the integration. Uh, and, and I think it also does like a two-way street. It's selling your to an extent. If you don't know about it, then it, it'll prompt you to kind of go and check it out. And that's why I liked it. But the multiplayer is... Uh, is, is is they've got multiplayer lobbies that are like on these hexagon shapes and that's right it works out really well i just joined a group of dudes and they all kicked my ass and i quit mid-song because i was too embarrassed about how, <laughs> how terrible i was at synth riders no i doubt. need to practice so there yeah. you go fair enough no very cool go check it out lovely um so let's get into the news first bit of news this week is that some key events have been delayed uh, as you probably all know at this point uh, but if you don't let me recap uh, starting with the playstation 5 gameplay reveal event something we was all excited about last week uh, on the show uh, but playstation posted on twitter this week with the following statement we have decided to postpone the playstation 5 event scheduled for june 4th while we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see ps5 games we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration, and for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard, which I think is completely understandable with everything that's going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. So at this time, we don't have a date when the reveal will take place, 
but I'm sure PlayStation will be uh, updating them, you know, the situation on Twitter for the most up-to-date information. So go follow them if you want to know. Uh, but of course, we'll be reporting back on the show as soon as we get mm. new dates uh, announced. Um, the second important VR event that has been rescheduled this week is the E3 VR showcase from Upload VR, uh, because originally this was planned for the 8th of June, so next week, but has been postponed until uh, the 16th of June, which is the following week. So just make sure you update your calendars with that date, because I know that a lot of developers that we're friendly with are going to be releasing new game information uh, and new trailers during the E3 VR showcase this mm. year, including titles from fast travel games who have been tweeting out some cryptic uh, images, uh, resolution games with Blast On, which is like a competitive multiplayer game. It looks like a lot of fun and lo-fi like uh, someone in the chat mentioned earlier on and much, much more. So yeah. um, we'll remind you of that uh, coming up uh, on next week's show as well, because it'll be the week after that. So that's some just updates. There's a there's a new trailer coming for Cosmophobia, I hear. Uh, from the dev behind dread halls as well so I'm oh, looking, that's course. that's the thing that i'm looking forward to perhaps uh, the most the new teaser for what yes. we can expect in months to come yeah that's going to be uh that's going to be a good one for you and maybe that is the time that we we try that format where you play the game we all watch you but we stream it on the f reality channel that's what something we've been talking about for a while i want to see zim uh zim cry right next <laughs> zim cry five, zim cry five. Zim cry don't five. give me a new nickname i've got enough um so that is uh, some events. But next up, uh, some news from VR Cover, uh, because they launched a new range of covers uh, designed specifically for people that work out in virtual reality, something we've just been talking about. So since the pandemic hit, more and more people are choosing to work out at home, and more people are choosing to do that workout in virtual reality. You know, people are using apps like Box VR, Beat Saber, Pistol Whip, Thrill of the Fight, uh, tracking calories with your, like you mentioned, Zim, and, and also Supernatural, which we also mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show. But the problem is that you don't want to get your headset all wet and sweaty, especially with the Quest, because it's kind of got this material wrapped around it, which is just like a lovely sponge, which soaks up all your sweat and it just sits there and is almost <laughs> impossible to clean off. Um, so it's not an ideal headset for working out in. But uh, VR Cover obviously seen this and thought we can maybe fix that. So uh, they've released these covers. I've got them actually here. Uh, so I can, I can show you. So this is... Um, their new cover it's like a it's made from medical grade silicon uh, actually and it's designed to fit over the original covers so i was a bit disappointed that they don't fit over the vr cover pu leather replacement interface kit which i actually really love um you need to use the original cover that comes with the quest for this to fit properly if you can still uh, find it <laughs> if you can still find it you haven't yeah. binned it at this point yeah exactly. yeah um so then this will just be your like spare interface then i guess and you just swap between them so i'll show you my other one um so this is the uh the the vr cover pu leather one which is a, a full replacement frame and replaceable velcro pad and then obviously you've got this like silicon pad which goes over the original cover um and I tried I mean, is it out. fully made of silicon? Only of silicon? Uh, yeah, the, the material is just silicon, um, and it just like slides off, so, so I can take it off. Sorry, right. sorry. Uh, silicone, surely. Silicon. Silicon, yeah. silicone, same thing, right? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Well, silicone Valley, like. Silicon Valley, different things, different things, trust me. So it easy sli easily slides on and off. It's available for both Quest and Rift S. I've got the Rift S one here as well, but I've re I've also put a VR cover on my Rift S so it doesn't fit. So you need to use the original interface for it to fit properly. Mm. Uh, but I tried it out this week with some fitness apps um, and it does work um, in that you can easily sort of repel sweat and wipe it clean after use, which is nice. Although one thing I wasn't that much of a fan of is the nose 
bit here. It's like a, like a oh, flappy God. nose piece. So if you look on the original, um, the, the 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 interface kit, which I really love, it doesn't have a nose piece there, but the silicon one does. Um, so that's a bit strange getting used to that sort of so, like tickling against your nose. So you're um, saying that if you have a nose, then this might be a problem. If you have no nose, then, it's, then, nose. Then, then it's, it will be easier to use. Exactly. Uh, okay. and, and and what happens to the to the sweat? And this is just like you know, <laughs> stick on, the, on your face or sits there. Yeah. So you, it it means doesn't that it, it start it, like sliding down if it's like. Well, that's what I was like, wondering too. It's like, is there enough grip to keep this on that beautiful forehead of yours? It did. It did actually. Yeah, it did. But it, so your sweat just kind of like is there, and then you wipe it away with a towel in between sessions, then go yeah. for it again. And I also suppose that like VR arcades are probably like these uh, for hygiene reasons that, in this current yeah, climate. No, that would be great. Um, yeah, you can always yeah, do a with, John Carmack on it, though, right? You could just take the scissors out and cut oh, the yeah, nose hole. Like. And the, totally, like that is one hundred percent what I'm going to do with this. Yeah, I'm going to cut like... those out uh, because they're annoying. But other than that, I think it's a really nice product. Um, for both the Quest and Rift S ones, they're $14 each um, plus shipping, which I, I thought was a pretty good price. Um, so although I wouldn't recommend them to everyone, I would say that I would recommend this to everyone, which is the the PU uh, leather and the interface. I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah personally. Well, I, I, I want to take a poll here because between the four sure. of us, I'm sure we've all tried the different types. Um, yep. Like the PU leather stuff, I can't stand that at all. Like I think it it, it it's sticky in the way I, it adheres mm. to your face. Um, yep. I, I recognize, I know there's certain things, Mike, that, that you like it for, and those are probably the reasons why I don't like it, but like the denim cover, which is more like cotton, oh, yeah. for me, I find cooler, uh, it deals with sweat better. The one thing it doesn't do well, that the silicone cover obviously fixes, is it does allow the permeation of sweat. So what happens is it'll leach through the uh, exterior that you put on, you sweat yeah. enough into it, it'll eventually get to the headset. Uh, yeah. And I have, haven't managed to kill it yet, but I do have like sweat salt marks getting just to my quest. And so yeah. I am one of those people who sweats It's interesting it out. that you like yeah. the, the material ones because I, I hate them. So I think it yeah. is just a case of personal preference. It is. Well, that's why I'm wondering, um, like, what, are, yeah. we an, are we another Apple Android uh, crosswords here? <laughs> what do you guys like? What do you guys like? Yeah, yeah. For me, I think uh, I think the silicone one would be great if you share the headset a lot, like for example for events or those kind of things. Yeah. I think then it would be great. Uh, the leather one is the one that I use myself, but like Zim, I don't. I'm not entirely convinced on the concept of it because indeed I do find it it can get a little bit like sticky and it can get annoying to your face as well. Mm -hmm. um, but what my ultimate good solution would be would indeed be like some kind of like like a foam that I can just remove and throw in the wash. Yep. I think that is the like the the best kind of solution for me for uh, for me and myself. <laughs> okay, what God. about you, Nathy? You a leather man or a cotton man or a silicon man? Um, so <laughs> I I have I I have used the cotton one, one for a very long time uh, because uh, when I had my DK one uh, VR cover was starting out making those you know mm -hmm. i still have them too it's kind of funny they uh they put my name on it on the side so you could see that it's very nice um and then also with the dk2 i also used the cotton ones um and then you know with the cv1 uh, they started to uh, you know experiment with the leather uh, stuff i like i honestly like the leather uh a lot on my uh, quest uh, I also use the leather uh, cover on the Valve Index because they, you know, they make it for different headsets. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't, actually. I wasn't a big fan of the of of the the leather one on my Valve Index. But I think it also depends on the shape of the headset itself. 
mm-hmm. and it depends maybe on you know how heavy this headset is um, because the one for the um, you know the quest is, is, is pretty thick you know cover um, so I went back to so with the, with the valve index I now use the the standard one again because it's from great quality um, mm-hmm. and and with the quest yeah I, I totally modified that uh, was same with my CV one um, so but with the rift s um, I did try to you know put it on but Again, I feel like PC VR headsets are a different story than than a mobile yeah. one. It's interesting because so. like the headset shape, I didn't even think about it. I, I actually do like the nine mil, like it's like a pillow uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. leather <laughs> big, uh, Vive cover, like the original Vive. I've mm. still got the OG Vive, which is a heavy beast. And actually, that against like when when you're locking down essentially to your face, yeah, it's, to it's kind of I counterbalance. Think, then think, then it works. Pretty I think well. it's it's the combination between the cover, the, the the headset shape, but then also the strap that you have on the back. All all yeah. of it together, uh, you know, translates into something. So yeah, that's why. Just need like a vacuum seal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but can you with VR cover? Can you uh, order order it and then also send it back? No. no. So so no. you buy it and then you're stuck with it. So it's not like you yeah. can test it out. Or they're relatively cheap, you know, like the the cotton covers are relatively cheap. I'm not sure how much they are off the top of my head, but you know, so I would say like that you know, the silicon is more designed for people that are working out in VR specifically, uh, whereas the other options are for more the more casual users. Yeah. But so if you're a, if you're a power user of working out in VR, then maybe it's worth going and checking these out as a product. But this, this, they're not this, much this... more expensive. It's about it's fourteen dollars for the silicone because I checked this out yesterday and eighteen I think for the others. But mm-hmm. actually, if you're looking to do it, I'd recommend because it's just easier to take the whole plate off, like the plastic layer, the base, mm-hmm. and then the cover. Um, I would go for the $29 kit, which is the full replacement for, yes. let's say, Rift S or whatever. That's just way easier, and you're going to mm. wait some time. I think those things are available, at least in the U.S. and the U.K., from Amazon as well. So you mm-hmm. can get them pretty quick. But initially, uh, they were shipping these things from Malaysia, and they would take quite some time to get to people. So They do, yeah. I, and I would say, it... yeah, don't don't go cheap and then be, like, waiting for four weeks, going, like, hey, where's my head? So just make sure you're picking the right one but for your, your something that is Something that is interesting about this stuff is that it not only levels up your comfort, but it also increases the field of view slightly. If you get mm-hmm. it close enough, yeah, for sure. Um, but one thing to note is that some people did get stung with import duty tax. So just bear Ooh, that in mind when yeah. you um, when you buy these things, because you're right, they do get shipped from Malaysia. So you you are also responsible for paying that, or can you actually uh, get no, back to them just, and say like, hey? No, you have to pay that. And it, like, it hasn't happened every time, but when I've recommended VR covers in the past, some people have come back to me and just said, just FYI, I did get stung for some uh, some yeah. taxes. Yeah. So just just bear that in mind. Um, so yeah, that is VR cover. Now making silicon uh, covers for Quest and Rift S, predominantly designed for people that work out in VR. Some options there for you. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see that we're conflicted though with uh, what we prefer. But I, yeah, I, I suppose, it, it, it I is. suppose in future, you know, the ultimate thing is that you have a headset that's modular where you have choices, right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, or just a better solution. The, the thing for me or was, uh, like you mentioned, I wanted to ask you a question because you said it was kind of easy to take on, take off. Um, is that an is that a negative? Is that a positive? Oh, I think it's a positive. Like I was able to put it on very quickly. Just as in, now. it doesn't slip off when it's on. It doesn't move around when it's in place. Because originally, um, and I've seen a couple of people in chat mention, like the original uh, covers that Nathie's mentioning, uh, having used in the DK2 era, some of those were not well fitted. Oh yeah, and I, I would say that, that no, the VR covers up. done a much better job in the in the. 
VR 1.0 era. But that was because, um, you know, the original covers that, or the faceplates were kind of like stuck to the headset. Uh, exactly. And that's where that comes from. Nowadays, you know, uh, you can just take it off and then put something around it. Yeah, I just, I would love to see everyone, like every headset manufacturer throw some more money at, you know, covers in general, because most of the headsets you buy, quality-wise, it's just not so good. I think the Valve Index was the first one where I was like, wow, this company spent some more money on it, you know? So I don't know if you can see this on camera, yeah. but there's a like, little lip there, kind of cups the uh, the edge of the foam and that kind of keeps it in place. But yeah, like the um, the original um, foam, uh, the, 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 the material covers, they would slip on and off. And that's why I was never a big fan of them. And that's why I went for the leather instead. No, because the, uh, the modern I do, ones- I do like something that has fire. like, Sorry, what you saying? No, I was just saying the modern ones, well, the way they get it is they have this kind of rubber band that goes around a uh, an intentional plastic divot that's mm. there on the Rift S. I don't know how Index works, lads, but because uh, I don't have one, but um, maybe there's something similar on, on the physical headset. So whether Oculus intended it, so for their own products, because they haven't made covers as far as I'm aware, they, they just have replacements of the foam and stuff. But the worst case that you reminded me of was like the original foam on the Vive when when the when the OG Vive shipped like that foam, like you'd sweat into oh, that, and then you could literally yeah. wring it out by pressing oh, it, and hard. it would like drip out. It was one of yeah. the worst experiences headset. I, I do I've I had. do like something that has like enough padding, uh, like even though you can get it closer to your headset if you use less padding. But I prefer like the the comfortable like snug kind of feeling. Not that something is like pressing against my face, but like. Something that like, kind of dampens that a little bit more. So I do like the. It's like, so interesting. Some, like, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Foam. But it, I think that, I think this highlights a point that you really yeah. need to try these things yourself yeah. because everyone's it's it's, faces a, dude, it's are a different. <laughs> it's like yeah. a combination of so many things because it is. Uh, also like the one that you just showed. I think it's so thick that for me it would kind of block a a, a part of my view. Mm. Um, it's the shape of the head. It's the strap that you use. It's the yeah. the headset you use. The the as you as I said the weight. It's all these things combined. It's very hard to shop stuff like this. I would say, especially yeah. for the yeah. first time. Yeah, comfort is a very personal thing. So at least you've got options now. You can try a bunch of different things and settle on the one you like, yeah. and then go with that in the future. But I do like modular. I think there are a few headsets that now ship with different faceplates. I don't remember. Who the what the headsets are, but some some of them give you like two faceplates, a smaller one and a bigger one. The um, Reverb did. Um, it's, it's shipped with a foam and then a professional one they called it, which was more of a leatherette material, like the VR cover ones. Um, Didn't yeah. the original Vive ship with two different foam sets? I, think I believe so. it did. I think it was yeah. like a big one and then a yeah. smaller exactly yeah, rounding. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah, and then they were trying to play with that in terms of the fat. Basically, the thicker the padding, the further you are away from the lenses and the more restricted the FOV. Yeah. Generally, yeah. that's how it plays. Like when I would, but like Rowdy, I'm like, I like to have my face in a pillow and generally uh, like, a, that sounded really weird. <laughs> I, meant, I, meant, I, I like wasn't going to comment on that. But I okay. like have my face in like a, a, a you know, like comforted and, and not like yeah. the rock hard thing. It's one of the things that turned me off the index because when you really ratchet that thing in, uh, yeah. It feels quite. It hacks your eyeballs. It it, it feels does. like your your face nice. into like a hard plastic mount. It's it's uh, uh, you know, but you get the field of view. So if you prefer yeah. field of view over comfort, then fair enough. Mm. I think the Valve Index is the most comfortable headset out there. I can wear that thing for hours, um, and I use VR covers on that as well, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, go and check them out if you want to. Um, 
loads of different options. We can't agree on which one's the best. So you've got to try it out yourself is the answer. <laughs> chat's like leather or pillow and all this yeah, stuff. Oh, my sorry. God. Sorry. Uh, sorry we couldn't give you an answer. But there we go. Uh, so that is VR cover. Now let's talk about uh, Elite Dangerous. Uh, this is the next bit of news. Now, although I'm not a massive fan of the space sim genre, I know that Elite Dangerous is extremely popular title amongst the VR sim enthusiasts, uh, with many friends of the show spending hours and hours exploring space and even some watching Netflix and YouTube videos whilst they do so. So <laughs> uh, that's how long they're spending in these experiences. Um, any of you guys Elite fans uh, or anyone in the chat Elite fans? Speak I, up now. I, I, mean, I, I played it uh, like a bit, but it's like... Um... Like it's one of those games you need to spend a lot of time in for mm -hmm. them to become fun, I think. And I'm I'm just not the kind of person to have the patience for that. Um, so I I did play it for like a, a good couple of hours, but um, I I always wish there was like more like substantial stuff to do. And I probably like like kicking a few sh shins here, but uh, I always like I, I like stuff with a, a little bit more meat to it. Um, and this is a lot of like like make your own kind of story, which is great yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, the the trouble adventure. is, it's like a it's like a space trucker, um, very similar to like a Euro Truck Simulator in space. And the trouble is, it doesn't grinding. have the it doesn't have the visual variety of like again Euro Truck Sim or American Truck Sim, at least at the outset. And initially, like although it was my portal uh, to getting recognized, like me and Elite and Reddit are what got me known. Uh, so I have a lot to thank. So you're not allowed to hate on it. Well, I'm not allowed <laughs> to hate on it, but I'm like Rowdy. It, it, it's, it's like a puddle or has yeah. been a, a very shallow well, puddle with like, you know, four billion stars or whatever. But they keep adding things to it. And mm -hmm. so it's good it, to see that's, that's yet another thing, though, major that I, content that release. What I do like about this is just the, the entire physics concept of it. Like the, 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 how real it feels when you're doing that. Uh, yeah. I, I do appreciate no that. No Man's the Sky first is better. That you see right. a black Ooh. hole. Ooh. No Man's Sky is just a better the better product here. That's the only thing. Oh, like, wow, wow. Let, let's see what the people in the chat say, because um, Alex says uh, he's playing Elite Dangerous right now whilst watching the show. <laughs> so, that's pretty awesome. Well, it's nice uh, that the deathmatch part is there now. So if you're yeah. more casual, then you could, you know, invite your friends and play Elite that way. So I think yeah. since yeah. that, you know, came out, uh, there is way more reason to play it. But yeah, if you go for the exploration part, yeah. uh, that's a totally different story. Elite well, Dangerous Arena. Exactly. So this is a good segue, because this is what why we're talking about Elite Dangerous in the first place, because uh, this week, Frontier, the developers of the game, uh, announced a new paid expansion to Elite Dangerous called Elite Dangerous Odyssey. And they released a new trailer showing commanders finally being able to stretch their space legs uh, by exploring alien planets on foot, which is a first for the series. So now you can actually disembark your um, spaceship and explore planets uh, on foot, potentially with uh, friends. This but you could you could already like drive on planets, right, and like move yeah, on these. Yeah, you could drive. I had a few yeah. questions about that actually. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna if if you had something more now to say, Mike, uh, in, in the intro of it, or if I could already ask it now. Go on, ask a question. Get far away. Yeah. Okay. So so Zim, you played that probably the the driving part as well, right? Yeah, I've played um, it. Yeah, with the landers. When when you enter the atmosphere of the planets, is that a cutscene in virtual reality, or do you actually physically land it as well? And there's no loading screen, there's no stoppage. So this is where again, No Man's Sky irks out a little bit better, but Elite got there first. Uh, so um, there is not a loading screen or a cutscene, but it's it's like active loading. So you go through a, a kind of a chunky 
uh, down to surface experience. You start in space, uh, you then kind of come out of, I think it's called hyperspeed, and then you slow mm -hmm. down at the, at, the, at the surface. You have to orient yourself a certain way, get kind of penetrate down like through the layer of the egg, so to speak, and then you get into landing. But as okay, you're I, I approaching, do think that's great. Yeah. it's not um, like initially you couldn't land on planets. Then they released yeah. with, I think it was called Her was it Horizon? I think it was called Horizon, Horizon. yeah. Um, Horizon, you were able to do planetary exploration, but the planets were pretty uh, uninspired. Small. Like a lot of them looked the same, but then they gave you the SRV where you could literally get down. Even if, if you had a steering wheel, you could drive that way, and I used to. And you could even use uh, your HOTAS to control like a turret on it, go flying around the, the lunar landscape um, and, and do air flips. And you had jets on that thing. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot you could do. But the, the th my biggest gripe with it was it wasn't a smooth experience from space to landing. Yeah. And I do, I do think that that is the part that interests me the most because this is more like, you know, like a little bit more physics related. And I, I don't mind if it's active loading, but I do like that experience of like you come out of hyperspeed, you know, you see that sun that you just passed. You're flying towards that planet. You see big, becoming bigger and bigger. You go through the atmosphere. You land your ship, and then you physically get out and you look up and you see that star that you previously basically was you're just at describing No Man's Sky. So I think just but, by No Man's Sky. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no hang because, on, hang on. Yeah, I think Rowdy's on a point yeah. here, and this is the main differentiating point because No Man's Sky is totally unrealistic in how quickly yeah. the giant mass that you're approaching you go from here to here in, in like 30 seconds mm. in Elite. Like you have the speed of your hyperspeed engine, uh, hyperdrive, I think. Sorry, elite fans. I know I'm mucking it. Um, and and as you approach, unless you crank it back and slow down, mm. you blast past that planet. And then getting towards the surface often takes you like five to eight minutes just to get landed. So you're saying of, the, even it, though you're going fast, like the, the scale is really the well represented. It's, it's, it's more right? it's more sim simulation. Like yeah. no one's got yes. more, more to the arcade okay. side of. But well, uh, can I then ask something as well, Mike? Can I then, you know, now with this update, can I just fly to Ender and meet your family? No, and this is this is where the point I'm getting at with this oh, whole okay. discussion is that you 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 can obviously do this, but not in VR. So a lot of fans were saying this Odyssey update. You know, will they be able to experience walking around a planet uh, hug, in virtual hug reality? Ewoks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want to hug an Ewok in VR? Yeah. And uh, a lot of people asked that to the elite community uh, manager, uh, Tim Smith. <laughs> they were asking exactly that, okay, yeah. Well, not maybe that exactly, but can they play this, <laughs> this Odyssey update, yeah, uh, yeah. which is a paid expansion? Uh, yeah. Can they play that in VR? And he put the record straight on the Elite Dangerous forums with the following statement. Ooh. So he said that currently Elite Dangerous Odyssey will not be VR compatible at launch. We're big fans of VR and we're truly proud of the amazing experience that we currently offer in Elite Dangerous. However, the new gameplay, mechanics and features that will be introduced with Elite Dangerous Odyssey means that we had to re-examine if we could deliver that same experience without compromise, which for launch means that Odyssey will not be VR compatible. So I don't sad think news. that's a smart idea. I don't think that's a smart what? idea at all because like a, lar a large market segment of the virtual reality space is about simulation and missing out on that market segment but initially will, will damage it for yeah. sure. Yeah. A lot of the community are upset about it. Uh, a lot of like uh, dedicated uh, Elite Dangerous fans obviously regularly play this v uh, game in VR because I think you know a lot of the community will say like it's best played in VR. In fact, oh, now, yeah. um, and the thing is with Horizons, the update with the like you said the 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 
like lander vehicles and stuff like that you can drive on the surface of these planets it was still a cockpit based game whereas now because you can get out on foot it drastically changes the dynamics of the game and to adapt that to vr is very difficult and no man's sky were very admirable in that they were able to pull that off you know like that transition yeah. from cockpit to then being on the surface of a planet on foot it's, yeah. it's a tricky thing to do so um, yeah but you know hello games or whatever they're bloody called sorry <laughs> yeah you know no man's sky did it they did that they, they did. held all their stuff up and they launched uh vr support desktop support they gave all the content at the same time just think about it this way like you go into a group of school kids right and you're like hey kids you kids like blueberry muffins uh yeah, sure. Okay, well, well, you standing over there, you can't have a blueberry muffin, but you three can have the blueberry muffin. You are going to have to come over here if you want the blueberry muffin. This is a confusing analogy, but basically I'm saying that no you, can't you're talking be about alien, you can't be alienating part of your community. Alien, alienating, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you can't yeah, be alienating yeah. part of your community uh, with blueberry muffins. That's what right. I'm saying. Well, they're not rolling it out completely. It just, okay, just wait, wait, wait. Not... So, what, so yes, wait, can I correct. summarize this? So, Hello Games says VR is alive and Frontier says VR is dead. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what they're saying. No? Do not oh. listen to what they say. That's not what they're saying. <laughs> please quote Nathan <laughs> so, on the box. Yeah, please quote him on yeah. the box. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, so, Frontier, they aren't rolling it out completely. It just means that they won't be ready uh, for launch. Um, and it's still a while away off yet. You know, Elite Dangerous Odyssey... Uh, is coming early 2021 uh, on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, only the PC version uh, of Elite Dangerous has VR support anyway right now. Um, but yeah, so it just seems like um, the Odyssey update won't have VR support at launch, but Horizons and the base game will still continue to support VR if mm. that's your bag. So you can okay. still enjoy it, of course. No, no, but no just, Ewoks yet, though. No Ewoks, no hugging Ewoks in VR just yet, <sighs> unfortunately. They, yeah. they probably release the, the virtual reality version later on. Right? Yeah, I, I heard that. that I hope so. I see. This is the thing. I thought you were going to come and say that that was the case, Mike, because that's what I heard through my elite fans this week. Is that it was confirmed that although it's not there for launch, it's on the pipeline and planned for later. I don't think I didn't in my research. I didn't see that they've confirmed it anywhere. I don't think they're yeah. making any promises, but that's what yeah. I read anyway. Well, I'd be surprised. So, the thing is, Elite is really old. For those who don't know, I think the yeah. first game came out in 84. Like 1984. 84 years? 1984. Not oh, 84, 84 years ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's an old game. It's a, it's a very old game. It started on these, like, mm. I don't even know, was it Amiga or something uh, platform? And it was, it, if you look at the original screens and you compare it to what it is now, and the fact that you can have it in 4K uh, fidelity and, you know, venture throughout the, the universe, it's still an amazing game. The base game is actually pretty cheap. So if you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if Elite's any good, uh, like Rowdy said, it's kind of like EVE Online. For those who don't know what EVE Online is, that is an oh, absolute my. life sucker. It, it will take your life away if you allow it to. Um, so it's a bit one of those like World of Warcraft games, but in space. And uh, there are whole corporations. There's people putting you know years and years of their lives. There's corporate espionage happening in that platform. And I'd yeah. say that's still on the frontier or on the horizon. Elite. Do you do you think that you know space simulators like these ones we had? Do you think there will be new ones coming for VR? Because I feel like kind of that genre has been kind of from 2016, maybe even before that, and they added some VR support to it. But we haven't really after I think much. Eve uh, Valkyrie, you know, really made for VR. Uh, we haven't mm -hmm. really seen anything else coming from, up anymore. Well, from other suns was yeah that, okay right. Uh, that's two mm -hmm. years, three years ago now. No um, man's sky. There's yeah, also well. aside from No Man's Sky. Uh, what's yeah, but I mean, like, like, I, like I mean, like from the ground up. That's what Roberts, I'm talking about. Roberts, 
Yeah, what's what's the title being built by Roberts, whatever, that was kickstarted for like 100 million or whatever? Yeah, the, the civil... Uh, Star Citizen? Star Citizen. Star yeah. Citizen mm-hmm. is still planning to have VR support. I played mm-hmm. it in VR, actually. Yeah. It was not but pretty. But is, isn't it become a, a meme yet about the things that they have planned so, planned so far? Just talking about um, Star Citizen, I, I'm pretty sure they dropped VR support, I, I read. Uh, doing so? the research for this, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Also, some people in the chat are saying that the um, Elite Dangerous started on the BBC Micro. <laughs> There's BBC a lot of Elite Micro. Dangerous fans uh, in the Jeez. chat, apparently. The BBC uh, so Micro. Their stuff. But it's the- wait, wait, it sounds like BBC made a console or something. Also, a lot of people are talking about muffins. Um, so it's very confusing. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> X-Wing and VR. That's, Someone- that's the one that I saw from Flipside. Now, that is something that I would sign up for. Well, you can do that on a PSVR with uh, Battlefront. Mm. If you buy that game, you get uh, an X-Wing mission, which is very, very yeah. cool. Very, very wait, wait, cool. which Battlefront? Because they're giving away the Battlefront. first one. Front. First one. It, yeah. Damn it! Because it's, it's, it's a free on PlayStation. The muffins? Well, this the chat is going all over the place. Someone mm. else says that the quest is the poutine of VR, and I, if we look at it that way, <laughs> right. then yes, I on like that, it. On that note, we're getting far too distracted. So let's <laughs> let's summarize. Um, Elite <laughs> Dangerous Odyssey. Uh, a lot of people are excited by the update, but sadly, it won't get any VR support on launch, which is coming early 2021. Uh, hopefully, it'll get support in the future, where we'll be able to explore planets together with our little space legs. There we go. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, although we might have to wait for Elite Dangerous getting VR support, this next game will be getting VR support on release. And that is Project Cars 3. Um, the team at UK-based uh, Slightly Mad Studios announced the new game this week, which will be coming to PS4, PC, and Xbox One this summer. Uh, and the game has got a pretty impressive list of features. Um, so it's got over 200 branded race cars and road cars to drive, over 140 global tracks to race on. Each car will be fully customizable, fully scale uh, assist for drivers of all skill levels. So newcomers can come in and, and check it out and, and it will sort of appeal to veterans alike. Uh, they like to turn all the assists off. It's got 24 hour cycles featuring dynamic all seasons and all weather racing. Uh, a new career mode, which I think is a new thing for Project Cars. I don't think it had career mode previously. It's also got multiplayer and daily challenges, enhanced AI drivers, and most importantly, and this is blows my mind, 12K support on PC. 12K <laughs> support. <laughs> and best-in-class VR support on PC as well. Mm, 12K for my eyeballs. What, what is that last one? Best what? Best-in-class VR support on PC. What so does they're, that they're, mean? So they're committing the, to the VR yeah, support they're, being Yeah, they're saying good. this is going to be a proper one, not like a little tack-on VR support, oh, keep okay. the VR community happy. So, so like Gran Turismo, for instance, you know, you, ha- you could play a couple of bits in it, but the whole game wasn't VR. So that this happens a lot, unfortunately. So, so, in so, so, so before I let the expert, you know, uh, explain Project Cars 3, yeah. I just want to um, say I'll, something I'll very, you. you know, it might sound dumb, but uh, when I watched the trailer, I was like, wow, uh, you have street racing now, you have like serious racing now, and it's like a mix of Need for Speed meets, you know, Project Cars meets. So I I think that that sparked my interest for sure, where it's like, wow, uh, you can now also drive through the city with these, you know, pimped up cars and stuff. Yeah, because I think, you know, this is the first uh, Project Cars since uh, they were bought by Codemasters. Uh, Slightly Mad Studios were bought by Codemasters. So this has obviously got a bit of Codemasters, uh, you know, spirit in there as well. And that's why it's a bit of a a strange um, sort of 
turn for the studio because a lot of the uh, diehard Project Car fans aren't happy with this new direction. Yeah, but, but Codemasters is like, you know, you need to make money, more money. We want to make more money. So that th this is a result of that. But if, if they can appeal to everyone, you know, to a certain degree, then that's a good thing. Well, that, that, that's what, what they're trying now, right? <laughs> because he's, he's the expert. He's the resident <laughs> racing driver of the show. Oh, Jesus, his, man. His um, opinion counts. I yeah. didn't know that Codemasters had acquired Slightly Mad. Oh, dear God, and this is our expert. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's really positive news. Right. I mean, I'm flying in here to 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 drop drop my bird droppings all over this thing because I'm not a fan of Project Cars at all. Um, so that's good news. I'm glad that you know, slightly mad and Codemasters pairing up. That's that can only mean positive things in my eyes. They did Dirt right and Dirt Two. Both are solid VR games. Um, my problem with Project Cars has generally been uh, too arcadey. Doesn't feel great. I'm I'm a sim racer. I tend to like it. There are some people who really get on well with Project Cars 2, for instance. Um, I, the the thing I had a problem with is just feel uh, for me with both of the games. So on a kind of a rainbow spectrum, you've got, you know, Project Cars is one of the more arcadey offerings that you've got, the original one. Project Cars 2 brings it closer to sim. And then when you actually get to, uh, let's say, Assetto maybe next, and then like iRacing. So you've kind of got this kind of whole spectrum. So depending on where you are in that and what you want to be doing, I've forgotten Dirt. I've forgotten a set of Corsa Competizione in that as well, um, which also fall on that spectrum in the middle. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going arcadey. I'm not sure that's the right play at this time. I kind of feel like if for those platforms, they'd gone more sim, that they would have done better. And certainly in VR, that's kind of the tendency of what VR racers want. They want more sim rather than more arcade. Mm -hmm. On general, I can say with my, uh, you know, the racing fans that I, I tend to race with. So am I excited for it? Not any more excited than I was when I saw the announcement for a set of Corsa Competizione, which brought rain and uh, a kind of, again, a more simulated race, but wasn't as broad as this. The spectrum of what they're trying to do is good. Uh, I'm glad I didn't see any go-karts like I did in the last offering. Um, and I hope that they can make the uh, the career mode tighter than they had it last time because it just was a real... Uh, it, there was like this whole social media thing baked into the game that just felt really off. Uh, and again, we, we, I haven't seen a sim racer yet that has done <clears throat> VR menus and integration properly. So if true. they can make all that stuff like easy and lead the way, I will wait, welcome this with open arms. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna you know hold reserve my judgment. opinion and yeah, yeah reserve judgment until I play it. So for now, it's like a half baked muffin to you. It's like a half baked <laughs> muffin. Yeah, exactly. We we, we did have uh, some good input regarding the 12K in the chat from uh, Nimsoni, and he said that the 4K probably refers to that you can use three monitors of a 4K resolution. Oh, uh, yeah. So they would to have been better off just saying yeah. that it's, what it really is is a three-monitor 4K setup. Yeah, because that's, 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 that's a setup that a lot of people will like, like uh, opposed to VR, you know, where you either go three-monitor setup or you go VR setup if you're like a you know, uh -huh. dedicated diehard fan. With a so proper I guess rig, that's what yeah, sim motion rig platform. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one thing I, I haven't heard yet about this is whether or not they will have an API for mod support. Because it's one of the things that, unfortunately, mm. again, um, uh, Assetto Corsa did, I think, very wrong in, in their change to move to their next title. So if these guys do open up mod support, it can, it, unfortunately, it undercuts what they can earn in terms of DLC. But the support and the breadth and what then the platform becomes might actually end up being what we all want to play. Interesting. Nice insight there. If you so, uh, checked out the, the new beta from iRacing, it's uh, JD Max is asking that. There's a new oh. beta from uh, 
iRacing out as well. Every, every, the, the, the trouble is I'm like holding on. I, I've been holding on iRacing. It's a subscription model is the only reason that I haven't gone for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the DCS of racing. So it means, you know, it, you'll pay a pretty penny. You got to buy every car, every track. Like it's one of those like itemized models, which I'm personally, I'm just financial model wise. It pushes me away from those games. But uh, iRacing is meant to be, and I have not played it, uh, is meant to be the best sim experience. And I, I, I take that from a number of people who I trust. So uh, I'm waiting to to run my smile on it. Thanks, JD. I will take the uh, opportunity to go and play that now. Interesting. Good suggestions as well. Nice one. So that is Project Cars 3 uh, announced. Uh, has VR support uh, baked in for the PC version and is planned for release this summer. So we've got that to look forward to. And uh, Zim will give you the, the lowdown on it, I'm sure, when it finally drops, uh, do. being the expert. So... Final bit of news this week is about two new standalone VR headsets from Pico called the Neo 2 and the Neo 2i. Now, both these headsets are solely designed for business and enterprise applications, so just bear that in mind. Uh, a lot of people have been saying this is Quest competitor. Well, it is in some way, it is in some other ways. So let me sort of go through the kind of specs because for standalone VR headsets, these have got some really, really juicy specs. And they're kind of like an interesting insight into what we might be able to expect from the next generation standalone headsets from Oculus, maybe. So let's start with the specs. So the Pico Neo 2, uh, both the i and the Neo 2 uh, have the Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor, which is a step up from the Quest's 835. That was the processor that everyone really wanted for the Quest, but it was kind of uh, just didn't happen that way and probably would have pushed the price up of the headset a little bit. Um, so they went for the 835 instead. Uh, the Neo has six gigabytes of RAM. Quest has four. Uh, the Neo has a single 4K display, which is a 3840 by 2160 resolution panel. And that runs at 75 hertz, offering a 101 degree field of view. So slightly, ever so slightly smaller than what Quest is offering. Um, but the Quest uh, resolution is 1440 by 1600. Um, so, you know, it's a bump up in resolution in terms of uh, visual quality there. Uh, it weighs a lot less than Quest at 350 grams compared to Quest's 570 grams. And this is where things get more interesting is that it's more balanced in weight by adding the battery to the back of the head strap. So mm-hmm. where the adjustment dial is, there's a bit of a, a bump there. And that's actually where the battery is located, which is a really interesting design. And as that's a, a one of the main criticisms, I think, of Quest is that it's very front heavy because everything is just all loaded in the front of the headset. Whereas what Pico are doing with this is trying to even that out a little bit, which is uh, nice. Uh, It also features 128 gigabytes of internal storage with the ability of being expanded with an SD card slot. So again, that's that's something uh, that a lot of people, particularly with the the Quest and the Go, have asked for, but it's kind of been locked off. And this is where like Oculus Go with the Apple approach, kind of like a walled garden, you know, you kind of like Mm. can't, do that kind of stuff you know you don't they don't want stuff you know loaded on their headset that they don't allow but you know we've seen that with SideQuest anyway um so it also has uh integrated speakers similar to quest and a 3.5 millimeter audio jack if you want to use your own headphones it has inside out tracking and six degrees of freedom which is great uh two six degrees of freedom controllers featuring thumbsticks triggers grip buttons not analog uh just a clicky button unfortunately uh, but they do have ABXY buttons uh, and they use electromagnetic tracking. Um, so they don't use the inside out tracking cameras to track the controllers. They have their own system. And apparently they claim to uh, work even when occluded by your body. So when you put a controller behind your back, 
apparently using this electromagnetic uh, tracking system combined with an IMU, um, it can track behind your back even. So that's kind of interesting. Um, the headset uses the Pico platform uh, and can be connected wirelessly to SteamVR to play SteamVR content. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. You can just connect it to Steam straight away. That's kind of uh, nice. Price-wise, it's uh, 699 US dollars for the Neo 2, mm. 899 US dollars for the Neo 2i. Now, you're probably thinking that's a lot of money when you compare it to Quest being like four, like 399. But you've oh. got to remember that the business version of the Quest is actually a lot more expensive. Uh, the business version of the Quest is 999. So, so, so who are they targeting? Are they like targeting arcades or what is like the, no, the why so, is this a business model? So this why is for business, um, for like car developers um, and like... But I don't, I don't really get that from the trailer that they're showing because they're showing more like a, a commercial kind of trailer. You yep. know, the one that I see. Well, this is, like this is the kind of mixed kind of marketing thing. that we've expected from HTC over the years when they've talked about, uh, uh, yeah. you know, an enterprise aimed at headset, but then show gaming in the trailer. And the same deal with this mm. as well. Um, and the problem mm. is, a lot of times they justify the price by saying it's an enterprise and business focused headset. Yeah. And whether they like, you know, with the Quest, like you see, like the, the business version of the Quest is $600 more expensive than the consumer version. And that's because they add, you know, like a, a subscription yeah, model to, to Oculus yeah, Business. Uh, and they also offer like enterprise level support. And I wonder if that's also included with the Picos as well. Like if you're going to get that business I, support. I expect it to be if it's a, if it's a business model, then, then regularly that's the thing that you expect from yeah. it, right? Not just an increase in price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the really interesting thing comes in the eye tracking variant of the of the Neo, and that's the Neo Two I, uh, because that includes uh, Toby eye tracking modules, and you know Toby are like the market leaders when it comes to eye tracking technology, mm. uh, and this is built into the headset, which is awesome because this is one of the first standalone uh, VR headsets that we've seen with uh, integrated eye tracking. Um, it has eye, uh, adaptive IPD adjustment between fifty five and seventy one millimeters, and also dynamic foveated rendering. Uh, on a standalone headset, which is really cool. So mm. Pico state that the dynamic foveated rendering on the Neo 2i increases frame rates by up to 66% and reduces shading loads by up to 72%, leading to higher quality visuals and more efficient performance. Um, and this means that the uh, Neo 2i over the Neo 2 can boost up to 90 hertz over 75 hertz of the Neo 2 natively. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I said, you know, it's not really that interesting for many of us uh, as it is a business focused headset after but its all features are but its features are exactly yeah, and that's a really yeah, good point yeah um, and it, it just gives us an insight into how quickly the technology is evolving especially for standalone market because you know if you think about it a year ago uh, to talk about a headset that had uh, a 4k uh, resolution panel uh, had uh, built-in eye tracking uh, inside out tracking and you know controllers and everything else uh, it's pretty impressive tech all built into a headset that, you know, although but it's the, the amazing thing still is relatively like, cheap. Like, the, the amazing thing is, like, the technology of it is not new. So, you know, we, we, we have 4K panels on phone already for a while. We have eye tracking on the on, on different other modules. But the, the, the amazing thing is that all of this is combined in this, like, rather compact factor, um, compact uh, form. So I, I do think that that is what the, the, the improvement is that we're going to see in the, in the next couple of months and years is that those designs gets like smaller and smaller and smaller as so those modules become smaller and smaller and smaller up until we have like 
a very compact package. The problem with that, of course, is again, the problem that we highlighted last time as well with the IPD adjustment. You know, the smaller you go, the less range of your IPD of you have, that will cause issues for your field of view and those kind of things. So I do wonder what kind of like technological advancements are gonna happen in that kind of field in order to prevent you know, well, this the, this the, one has a, a decent there. IPD range. 55 to 71 mm -hmm. is really good. And also adaptive using the eye tracking. So it's always going to be spot on. Um, 55 to 71 is, is is not that... I mean, it's it's, a, it's an okay range, yeah. I think that's but, probably uh, uh, that's on par great. with uh, every other headset on the market. I don't think I don't think there's any bigger the range than that. Um, no, 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 I, no, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah correct. Um, so it's pretty decent. But yeah, you know, you're right. You know, with, with, with headsets getting smaller and lighter, it's, it's difficult to pack all this tech in, but they seem to have done it. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It'll be interesting to see what businesses adopt this kind of tech. You know, we've seen car manufacturers and stuff like that use I, this kind of headsets in the past, but mm, yeah. which industry will pick this up? It will be interesting to see. I think arcades will definitely do um, because, you mm -hmm. know, arcades are still using kind of like the combination of like PC VR headset with a backpack most of the time, like standalone mm. is not. Plus, if they are the first ones to roll out an arcade plan, then mm. they have an advantage because uh, yep. right now, if in the standalone field, there is no one really offering that, you know, a license. Isn't that a Still problem? Still needs to though? come like, with with software, right? Yeah, just just in terms of not 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 the licensing. Um, and although it might have some arcade, you'd have to like lock people in a room so they don't run off your with your equipment. And then there's the whole like charging the battery issue, which we saw when Hololens first dropped. You know, it's like, oh shoot, there's the six person playing today. Sorry, I got to put this on the charger. So but what, what, what kind of model are you thinking? Anyways, um, right now, like the the weapons people hold when they play need to be charged. Uh, the controls need to be charged. Um, so it's not it's not any different. Um, plus arcades usually, um, like most arcades I've been to, uh, have an entrance where someone sits at a desk and you pay a ticket and then you can go in for an hour and play something oh, okay. that you reserve mm -hmm. for. Your name is on paper, your address is on, so you can't just walk away with that set. I don't so, think if you want to steal something, you don't go to an arcade and you might yeah. go somewhere else. But uh, it's it's worth knowing, yeah. Because uh, I suppose my um, just go somewhere else. My, <laughs> yeah, well. my impressions of VR arcades and the ones I've been to, like in the states and stuff, are probably very different from what you've been to. So and you've been to a lot more. So that's why I was asking. I've also been to a lot in the states. I mean, uh, if you went to, for example, like the biggest one in the states or one of the biggest ones that offers VR stuff is Two Bit Circus. Um, that one, you know, has also a, a similar uh, business yeah. model. So, you know, they adapt quickly. But I think standalone mm -hmm. is going to be cheaper and it's going to be easier to operate. And I think that's what they want to go for. Easier to replace as well. That's the other side. Mm. Like it's much easier than, than having equipment that's kind of cabled in. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But with this, uh, you know, eye tracking technology uh, and everything crammed into this headset in a standalone, I think it's a great step. Uh, yeah. You know, and a sign of you know what we may expect over the next sort of six months to a year from other manufacturers uh, as well. So, so, so like what do you, you think of Pico though? Like, sorry, Nathan, you first. So you said that you could stream to uh, you could stream Steam VR basically and play Steam yep. VR games. So that's like built into the platform. Built in. Um, yep. But again, since this is like coming from from Asia, uh, they are very uh, like you can see that they are very confident about the streaming part and, and going mm -hmm. over the internet. As we said, we're still not completely there. Uh, yeah, you know, as playing as with a cable a is still kind of you know yeah. the best way for most people to play games. Um, I think you know they're saying as long as you've got a five gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, you should be fine. True, but, but that makes you know, again, it a very interesting uh, headset. Uh, you know, yeah. Steam VR is a big chunk of the content. Yeah, 
Yeah. But again, you know, it, it's, it's business orientated and you need to sign up and register that you've got a business to buy this headset. Even. So, <laughs> well, you know, oh, yeah. yeah got a business. That's, that's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. like, oh, yeah, we've aimed it at businesses, but you can still buy it. You still but need the company to in general is, is has never really uh, representing themselves as consumer. Well, co- compared no. to this trailer, that's a different story. But overall, but we, uh, this, the branding, the brand name yeah. is not known among gamers. No, no. But you know, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because of the the, the tech involved in it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, no, it um, is. You know, especially with things warming up with the next quest. You know, we don't know necessarily much about what that is going to have in it yet. So you know, if but imagine some someone stuff... deciding to, like as you said, you know, Oculus is very much about the wallet guard, where everything is, uh, you know, a, a closed ecosystem. But if if the competitor decides to go the other Open way around, yep. then then we got a very uh, interesting thing going on. Um, mm. Because I would love to put like an SD card in there because uh, it's it's great to kind of load things in. You know, if if someone opens up more, like a little bit like like Android does, um, then. But I think yeah. I think the the problem with opening things up uh, with any system is piracy, and I think that that is where you won't mm. get the support from developers because they want to protect their their you know intellectual property as well. So well, wait, I think that's how, how does adding a, an SD card cause a piracy issue i'm confused personally that's my opinion on it uh because uh, you no, could, you could on the download sd card the, slot you mean you, you could you could load up the um, sd card with pirate but, but games uh, i mean that, that's what you but do with side that loading is, too right but that right is a now. problem with side loading yeah, too so. it, is, it is it is so that's just my gut opinion yeah. on it but yeah. i don't know well it's like having know, the sd card in the switch for instance has been a lifesaver because we you know when you hit the limit yeah. on that being able to expand the storage I, I suppose, yeah, because of the fact that it's an Android interface, mm. the Quest is already pretty open uh, that way. And that's why I'm wondering why, like, because I think that's a great feature. I'd love to see that in the next headset. But I think, you know, when it comes to sideloading, the major, like the percentage of actual Quest users that use that, I don't know, is relatively small, I would still say. I actually, uh, I actually think it's not maybe running to do with sideloading. Well, technically it is, but... Oh, you're breaking oh, up there, rather. I, I think if you have you. more storage... What? You're breaking up there. Yeah, we were losing your signal for a little while from our correspondent in Canada. Back to you, live in Canada, Ralphie. (laughs) Am I I back now? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think if you have more storage available, then uh, I think the problem would also be like, what if someone else designs a different kind of operating system that you could run the Oculus Quest on? And I think that is something that is maybe a little bit more that people are scared of, of, of that they would start loading up a different mm-hmm. operating system to operate the Oculus Quest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be possible with, when you have like a reserved kind of memory. For and that. you could end up having, I mean, I, t- I take your point, Mike, that, uh, you know, especially like with any system that's allowed those kind of expansion cards, you've always had chipped systems, which mm-hmm. allowed, you know, and, and it does become easier. It's a step easier. You don't need all that equipment to kind of, when it's a digital interface, I mean, to be fair, you know, SideQuest, as easy as it is, is involved. Um, mm. And I think you're right in terms of the low percentage numbers. My only concern with these headsets, uh, stats-wise, they look good. Um, the only he- the Pico headsets that I've tried, they're 6 off one they're 3 off ones I've never, like, they've always been light, comfortable to wear, I'd say for short periods or whatever. Content, rubbish. Um, so this concept that you could stream to the headset and kind of open that, that door, back door, um, that's probably the most prominent, interesting feature. Mm-hmm. The resolution isn't a you know a unidirectional benefit though. Like I think people forget, you're operating on a mobile processor. Higher resolution has more draw, 
which means you can push less frame rate, less, etc. You know, so like the graphical fidelity or the experience as, as you as an end user might actually be impacted by the fact that it's such a high resolution but natively. Yeah, so I'm just... I, I think that's where the eye version comes in. And that was certainly the one that interested me the most. Yeah. With dynamic yeah. foveated rendering, you know, where it renders the, the, the what you're exactly looking at, you know, the section that your eyeballs are looking at on the display in the highest fidelity with everything else being sort of a lower quality on the peripheral that you don't actually see. But you get the performance uh, boost because of that. Yeah. I think I think it's very interesting to once again, just like last week, see something out there that now has a shape and form, has a story behind it, has specs, stuff like that can be tried, can be used, can be experienced. And, and it's doing and, something different, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and um, it's just waiting for that moment where all these small businesses are, you know, creating these or trying it, and then suddenly a tech giant grabbing. Uh, the the blueprints from everyone to create like that 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 yeah. headset we want and then also have the support we want have the content we want because again yeah. you know uh, pico doesn't have i think the the money to also create content next to that of course it's business related but if they weren't then i don't think they can pull off a, a medal of honor or something no, like that no no, no. Um, and i don't think anyone will be playing that on that headset but you know you can imagine like a big company buying you know yeah. like a hundred yeah. of them, for example, uh, sending them out to remote employees. And then if like an app like Spatial supports it, for yeah. example, then yeah. they could all use that to remote work and collaborate. So that that's yeah. the kind of use case. I think that's also the reason anyway. why they have that, that SD card slot again, because that awesome. will give a little bit more of that freedom to whatever companies kind of want to do it. Load up their own right. OS potentially or own platforms. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. So that is the uh, Pico Neo 2 and Pico Neo uh, 2i. Uh, two interesting standalone headsets from Pico uh, available now uh, for six nine nine for the Neo Two, eight nine nine for the Neo Two I. Uh, okay. Maybe gives us a little bit of a glimpse of what to expect from the next generation of standalone headsets. Can yeah. we expect another two headsets next week, Mike? Possibly. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a couple be of nice. weeks for hardware. Would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there is another one actually, the L Lenovo, but it's more of an Oculus Go competitor, so that's why I, didn't, I, I, I think uh, this is. A... I skipped over that one. I think this is like a shared collective. Like we we kind of see people succeed, people fail, but I feel like, you know, the more of this stuff really comes out in its actual form, mm -hmm. um, the more, the closer we get to uh, some competition uh, for, for Oculus and, and, and also maybe others. Yep. Well, it's, it's, it's one more bullet point on the chart that says uh, Oculus is under pressure to revise the current masterpiece that's the quest right and so i, I think so. it's just another i really don't piece of pressure. i really don't think they're under pressure well that that's the that's where the competition uh you know starts right where they just roll with what they made before because they never had competition before but then someone else doing it the other way around and then you see what the consumer goes for and how mm. marketing campaigns run against each other like i i can't wait for that to happen where we finally see you know this 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 bidding war going on like this Me is too. why you should jump into our Fine. VR world. Yeah, um, me too. Definitely. It's not there so. right now. It's no, not definitely there right not. Now. Definitely not. There's no competition for the quest right now. So yeah, definitely welcome that in the future. Um, so yeah, that is the news this week. Um, so now it's time for a hot topic. I'm going to pass it over to Rowdy to talk a bit about <laughs> a, a room uh, escape experience that we all got together to try as a team this week. So uh, take it away, Rowdy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? We, we, we played a game together. When, no, when, wow. when does that ever happen, right? <laughs> so special. So the, the game that we played, it was called uh, Dr. Crumb's School for Disobedient Pets. And 
the attentive listener and or watcher might actually recognize the title from a previous episode because uh, we talked about it back then, highlighting it. And um, it's indeed, like you said, Mike, it's a, it's an escape room kind of experience. And I know everyone thinks, oh, but there's plenty of those in the virtual world. But what makes this one unique is that the characters that you encounter are actually life character, real life characters, uh, real life actors. Um, you therefore also need to book a slot on the on the website, uh, adventurelab.fun. And the slots go for uh, $100. Uh, now, the creators were so kind to invite us for a slot, and they agreed for an interview as well, which we'll show in a minute. But first, I'll, I'll briefly explain what it's all about. So mm -hmm. this comes from their own uh, very website. So it says, you and your party have been invited to join the Virtual Investigations Agency, VIA, an underground group using the latest VR technology to solve the kind of mysteries the big guys can't. As new recruits, you will take on the mystery of Dr. Crump and his school for disobedient pets. Find a way to take down the mad scientist before time runs out. Mm. An, adventure an Adventure Lab host is waiting to guide you and up to three of your VR-equipped friends who can be anywhere in the world. You'll enjoy a unique social adventure that you remember as if you were all together. Be clever, be quick and be disobedient. And I think that's a, that's a perfect summary for it, right? Uh, each of us was kind of turned into a particular pet. Zim was a dog, Nate was a cat, Mike was an eeny teeny tiny little hamster. Yep. And I was a bloody rabbit because uh, I was probably the last one to join. Um, <laughs> you then receive a short introduction, you get a, a short training se session, and then the, the actual game starts where you are tasked with solving different kind of puzzles and you need to take down Crump's lap. Um, and after that, we had, a, we had an interview, which I think we're gonna, we're gonna roll now. Um, yeah. I had a great time with that. I think it was uh, just a, a fun one to, to, to play around with, also to play all together. Um, I don't know if anyone else has uh, something to say, or maybe we'll talk about it uh, after the interview. Yeah, let's do it after. Yeah, so enjoy the interview. Yeah, all right. So here we go. We've got another interesting and exciting interview here lined up today on the F Reality podcast, because with us, we've got Maxwell, Kim and Jasper, who uh, we've just joined them uh, after experiencing Dr. Crumb's uh, disobedient pets experience on Oculus Quest together as a team, the four of us. We managed to make it out alive. Hashtag spoiler. But I thought we'd all get together and talk about this unique experience because I think for all of us, this has probably been the first time we've experienced something like this before, right? Yes. Yeah. You mean the Very four unique. of us playing together a game? Yeah, you're right. Well, you're right. that's the first. That's the first. <laughs> but, but also this unique experience of, of, of going through something with real life actors rather than yeah. something being scripted and set out. True. Um, so maybe we can start with Max yeah. and uh, and Kim to talk about like how they come up with the, maybe this concept uh, because it's quite unique in that sense and maybe talk about some of your history right. as well because you've got some interesting history uh, between you. Yeah. Ah, thanks. Give Sounds good. Yeah, sure. Um, we both come from the entertainment world uh, and I was a visual effects producer on feature films uh, before I moved up to Northern California to work at Pixar. And I was a producer at Pixar for five years for short films. Um, helped to create a, a new uh, division there for short films and helped create Pixar Canada and was there uh, for five years, produced about 13 shorts and then moved on to join. I was really excited by what the team at Google Spotlight Stories was doing. And that's when I got into VR and branching storylines and all the craziness and totally fell in love with working with artists and engineers on problems that we hadn't solved yet, problems that we didn't even know about. Um, so I was there for a couple of years and then moved over to Oculus Story Studio, 
um, that Maxico founded and became the head of production there. I was executive producer and um, that was an amazing experience that we that we share. We kind of built our working relationship there at Story Studio. You came to um, save my butt over there. I saved his <laughs> butt. And, uh, and then we, uh, studio closed down, sadly. Uh, I moved that on. Was, to- that wasn't Kim's fault. That, that was- <laughs> <laughs> well, after I joined, yeah. coincidentally. Uh, no, and then I moved on to Facebook. And that's when we kind of, Max and I started plotting, like, okay, when, when's the right time? When's the right time to get back into VR? And really started watching the market and and took a look at the the rise in um, immersive experiences, whether it was escape rooms or uh, immersive theater, and looking at next gen and how everybody's experience generation now, um, and really looking at the the magic of multiplayer experiences and the lack of great content in that area. And Max had this kooky, you know, live hosted event based idea, and we just doubled down on it and started this company about uh, just over a year ago, last January. Wow. 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 And how long have you been running these um, experiences now then? Uh, We just opened uh, our showtimes to the public uh, a week ago, May 22nd. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's been in beta. We've been refining it, showing it to a bunch of people. Really, just figuring out does this live hosted crazy idea work? I mean, mm. we, were, we were seeing early signs of it. You know, we we loved what the under presents was doing. Yeah. Yes. And so we're like, okay, something's working there. But we wanted to create something where there was a, a moment where you could actually speak with the performer, and it's it's in the process of solving puzzles together against yeah. and with the host. Uh, also, I, I should I should say where I came up with this idea. I am an escape room nerd. I've done about 85 escape rooms. I have only not escaped three of them. Uh, my wife and I, uh, actually, uh, I proposed to my wife in an escape room. Wow. <laughs> wow. Can't get out of this one, honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, no, no. It was, it was, if, she didn't, if she didn't escape, I wasn't going to propose to her. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, and I'm I'm uh, I'm really into Dungeons and Dragons. I've been a dungeon master of fifth edition now for four years. Been running a campaign actually with a group of us from Oculus Story Studio. Uh, and it, it was it was when we were doing the work at Oculus Story Studio where we made Lost and Henry, Dear Angelica, and uh, we were working on Wolves in the Walls. You know, I, I, I'm so proud of that work, but I was realizing that VR is, it's better as a medium when people are together and they are the heroes, mm. that they have the adventure. And I was like, okay, what is doing that right now? And for me, it was escape rooms that were creating this opportunity to say, all right, you've got a fixed amount of time to work together to solve puzzles. I was like, can I take that and mix in a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons but not too much, so it's intimidating to make something new. And we were also, we were studying immersive theater at the time when we were working on Wolves in the Walls. And so each, those three mediums, uh, escape rooms, immersive theater, and role-playing games, that's really the, that's the seed of this idea. Yeah, and it definitely comes together. You can certainly see all those elements coming together when you experience it. And Zim, you know, is a huge fan of escape rooms as well. So as soon as yeah. I, I heard about this, and unfortunately he wasn't on the show when it when we talked about it initially, but I, I knew straight away he was going to be into it. So that was when we reached out and, and thought we'd uh, check it out. But what did you think, Zim, like being being a veteran of sort of escape rooms? 
to be fair, I wasn't on that show because I was playing an escape room with my wife, but I was playing Forbidden <laughs> Island, which you might know it's a tile-based board game. And I was just giving the thumbs up to that on a recent podcast. Uh, I thought in, in very simple terms uh, for the cost of entry for four people doing it, it feels like an escape room. It plays like an escape room. Um, and I would definitely recommend people do it. I think the only part that um, maybe I thought like I had a question about was you, you start off and you introduce these like independent abilities. The the one that was for my character, uh, the scent or whatever path, I didn't see that used anywhere. Is that like planned to be incorporated? And, and it's kind of like just being teased now or is or was that an idea that was ditched at some point? Well, we did say it was a secret ability, right? So mm. <laughs> no, no, you, you're, you're right. It's it's a little bit more on the tease side. Wait, there yeah. is a moment that uh, where you can find uh, some secret Easter eggs. We haven't incorporated the special abilities as something you have to use to solve yeah. the puzzle. And so that, that's a little bit of design work for us because what if there are two players in there, one chooses a bunny and one chooses mm. the dog. So we made it be more side quests. Um, right. Yeah, it makes sense. I can see why you do it with the design, but um, otherwise I was just gonna say that uh, the whole experience is actually very polished. And I, I, I think I went in with my expectation bar quite a bit lower because uh, I've done a lot of uh, co-op room escape stuff. You've probably played a lot of it that's there in the VR space at the moment. Um, and a lot of it is quite clunky around around the outsides. This is like probably the best all over room escape that I've, uh, I've played so far. And uh, it was a really nice experience. But that touch of the live person, it totally makes it. Yeah. Uh, and I remember playing um, a, a, VR, uh, a VR poker game where, where they were toying with the same idea about four years ago. And I, I was just missing that. So as you say, Under Presents is the first one that I've seen recent times. This is the second one. It's like, it, it, needs, to, it needs to be there. Absolutely. It's a great idea. Yeah. And I, and I suppose that's where uh, Jasper comes in, right? Because, you know, he was the voice yeah. of, of Dr. Crumb. And, you know, was it a coincidence that you, you look like Dr. Crumb as well? Or is that... <laughs> 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 How dare you? No, and yeah, I do get hired to play an evil mad scientist uh, probably more than... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... I had a great time with you guys. You're really fun. You're really fun players. That's kind of the reason that I got into immersive theater in the first place was that sometimes you get people who want to go somewhere totally wild and you can actually help them and assist them into finding brand new stuff every time. And you guys were really fun. Nice. And, and how do you, how do you, do you use the quest to communicate with us or do you use other microphones or like how, how does that set up yeah. like for you, your end? Well, this one, yeah, for, for Adventure Lab, we're only using the quest, just like the under is just a straight uh, uh, quest uh, experience. Um, you know, on, on, on other things, I love using like the vibe setup with the full motion trackers, and I'm looking forward to the lib module coming out. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that there's like a, an accessible uh, product like this that act, people can actually experience on, on like there's an audience using the quest. There's so few mm. people with tethered headsets. Yeah. Have you had any sort of unique or interesting like situations happen so far or people <laughs> react in a funny way or do something crazy or cry? I don't know, like when you get up in their face. <laughs> we haven't had anyone crying. Um, I did I did uh, did get requests to le less hugging. Sure. It's probably a, a thing that you can only do in, in VR now that uh, yeah. is a little uh, 
a little off-putting. I mean, just um, people finding bizarre solutions or sometimes people feeling so bad for the bad guy that they want to stay and be a minion. And we, <laughs> sure, I guess. That, that was probably me. That was probably me throughout the experience. <laughs> it feels like kids or younger people too, they challenge you in different ways, Jasper. Oh, that is absolutely true. The younger players, for sure, they started using um, the chief as a, as a resource. So he became sort of their man on the inside. Definitely throwing curves balls has been the most fun with younger players who aren't as necessarily adapted to standard video games or VR. Right, right. Is that because you play both characters? You play both characters, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that must be interesting when they're, they're they're asking for the chief and you're there in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, only a couple of people have started to mess me up where I forget who I am or what. Right. I am. <laughs> There's actually a third character. I'm not sure if you guys found yeah. Trixie. Somebody did, with yeah. the cat ability found another yeah. character. Yeah. So that's us playing around too with what is a one-on-one -on -one in the immersive theater world. What does that look like when you bring it? really bring it in and dig into it in VR. Not something we're really excited about too. No, I think, I think this is, I think this is very cool because it, it's filling the gap of where we want to go with multiplayer and co-op because, yeah. you know, if, if my friends are asking me, Hey, what should I play with? You know, other people, it's like, yeah, I don't know, uh, watch another top 10 and hope for the best. But, but this, it's really like, you know, this is an actual experience and it's a very good payoff in the end when you tried it. Yeah. But, but in the end, there also comes a little bit of a problem with that, of course, because, you know, you only have so many, so many Jaspers, I guess, that, uh, can, that can do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to, to, they can bring something but, to the table. So do you have any plans on like, like yeah. scaling that up and like, you know, Franchise. deliver more kinds of uh, experiences, maybe yeah. with hiring other, other actors as well, since I, I, I suppose that is the plan indeed. Yeah, for sure. We have three hosts right now that are trained up mm -hmm. and we have a waiting list of about 40 more who want to be interviewed. Wow. And that's wow. with very, very minimal recruiting. Um, so um, I think actors with improv experience, immersive theater experience and some voice work are, are, um, are most apt to get it really quickly. Um, the other two hosts, Jasper is a VR founder and very experienced in VR. Our two newer hosts actually had almost no VR experience and we were delighted by how quickly they picked it up. Like within two weeks, they were ready to run shows and feeling really good about it. Um, so nice. that's been fun. But our, our, you know, we're building a platform, sort of a new marketplace for the performer gig economy. So there will be many, many pieces of content and many hosts. And we're building um, a location for guests to come together with performers and performers to, to be closely linked to their fans and their followers uh, yeah, through this kind of content. A virtual destination. Right? Yes. <laughs> engage performers around the world, all they need is a quest, and they can do this in their pajamas. So oh, we're, it's a new form of entertainment that feels like an event. That yeah. the, host, the hosts say, hey, I'm available at these times. They run their own shows. We have a system where they, it's kind of like, you know, once we prove this is a type of entertainment, then we can create the Airbnb platform for this where hosts say, yeah. these are my slots, they promote them, they market them, and then people sign up for their events. And we can mm -hmm. scale that up a lot more easily than actually building physical locations. That's yeah. very interesting, yeah. This the immersive really theater dynamic of this is really compelling to me because I did something in London uh, with, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Redemption? I, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a famous film, but it, was, it had about uh, at least 40 to 80 actors. And it was all oh, done wow. kind of in, in, in real life, so to speak. And you had to go in like 1920s garb and all this stuff. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Is it Shawshank? But 
Uh, yeah, it was Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and, it was um, like a secret cinema thing. Secret cinema. Yeah, yeah, so you might know secret cinema. But that I can see immediately through this. Until now, that door in my mind didn't open. But now it's like, that's an obvious next step here. Yeah. That scalability side where you can bring in loads of actors into that, as you say, that kind of Airbnb equivalent platform and just you know go global with it. And the best part is you just got dealt the best hand you could possibly have been given <laughs> with the current situation. Yeah. Because now you have improv people who normally would get down to their improv club to scratch right. that itch. Now they're going to want to quest and jump on board with you guys. So right. and we have know, two, 2020 is good for you. Well, in a way, right? I mean, we, totally, we don't want to make light of that at all, right? But we are really grateful. We're grateful that we thought about this last year. Mm -hmm. And our whole mission this whole time has been to connect people through play across distance. And just so happens, this is a really amazing time for that. And there are incredible performers available. Mm. Um, I'm super interested right now. I, I, I will say I will say that uh, one of the reasons why that special ability is a bit of a tease is we did accelerate. We were hoping to launch this more late summer uh, on a roadmap, but we just realized that the timing is now. People need yep. this form of entertainment. And there's a lot of actors who are out of work, and that's part of our mission is to create a new industry that, that gives actors a livelihood. So we, we got it out there earlier than I wanted to, uh, but we, you know, it was at a point where people were giving us great feedback. They said it's good enough. Uh, but we do want to continue making more and more adventures, make it better, and eventually become a destination where you don't only choose the host, but you choose from hundreds of different uh, type of escape room experiences, eventually exploration experiences, and beyond. All the type of adventures that you can imagine with a, a host involved. Yeah. And absolutely, like, you know, even though you said you launched it earlier than anticipated, it still feels very polished and, it, you know, we, we didn't have any issues and we all had a lot of fun with it uh, together. Sorry. And um, in terms of, like, the feedback that you've got from other people that have run through it other than ourselves, like, wh what's the general feedback been so far? Uh, we've, go ahead, Kim. I was just going to say, we've been thrilled. I mean, I, you know, it's better than Beat Saber, somebody said yesterday, which I don't know, <laughs> I'm arguable. It's a very different experience. But, <laughs> but you know, the best, the best is when you have two players in Australia playing with their friends in New York who haven't seen yeah. each other in ages. Yeah. And they're just so happy to be together and be playing together cooperatively. Um, and it really feels like you, you spent, like, I feel like, you know, I spent time with, um, we had two people in yesterday I've never met before. We have a meeting with them today, but I feel like I already know them because I just played with them yesterday. Yeah. yeah, that's a little bit like the thing that we have going on as well as as, as a podcast, because we're all in like different countries as well. And yeah. it's not that easy for us to meet up. So these kind of this is how we know each other through a virtual platform. Yep. So it's yeah. kind of so cool. awesome that you get these kind of things happening. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a reverse escape room, isn't it? It's funny because normally you have to get people together in a room and, and shut them together. And now you're gluing people together from across yeah. the globe. Love it. This could uh, be a good uh, team bonding exercise as well. Mm. I was just thinking like this, oh, yeah. this is the kind of thing that you can easily sell to a corporation and say, you know, oh, they go do a casino night, do a VR night, you know, yeah. roll out the equipment. And uh, yeah, this, yeah, this could really work there as well. We've had a lot of folks reach out, out to us who are event based and team building, have team building businesses for sure. So that'll be and, and interesting. Uh, also in a post pandemic world, a lot of people have gotten used to working from home. So how, how do you build culture? How do you build teams? So we're excited by the, the opportunity space there as well. Yeah. And Excellent it's one of those things idea. that like, you know, it, 
it went through so quickly, you know, although it was probably half an hour, 40 minutes to an hour long, you know, uh, it felt so fast that we were in and out of that experience. And I think we were just having so much fun with it. And it was just so frantic when we was actually into the puzzles. Trying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> because that's when your competitive nature comes out, right? You know, you, you want to yeah. you want to succeed. You, you want to help each other, but you also want to win. Yeah. You basically, basically, what happened? Basically, what happened is that Mike started shouting at everyone that they weren't doing a good job, and then <laughs> the littlest creature was shouting the most. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you guys all tried to team up on Dr. Crumb and you were going to plotting to put him in a block jail. And <laughs> that's, that's a cool puzzle idea. Yeah, yeah it's really fantastic. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, it, it was. It but was. We, it, go on. Sorry. We're able to talk to Jasper during a performance sometimes too uh, on Slack, and he was having a great time with you guys. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good point, actually. Do you do you guys are you watching like the the playthroughs in real time? Then is that is that what's happening? We have a, a private stream, so we're able to help um, if anyone gets stuck or drops out or anything like that, where nice. we always have tech support on the line um, for guests, but also for the hosts if they need a hand yeah. or something. Oh, that's great. And it's, it's interesting because you also provide like a, a highlight reel afterwards, right, of uh, their playthrough. And hopefully we can play clips of that uh, for, the, for people that are watching the video stream. Um, so that's a really interesting concept that people can share that memory even after the fact and, and, and share their experience with others as well and show how much fun they had. That's right. Yeah. It'll be a great marketing tool for us as well. And we wanted it to be instantly shareable, which you should have received an email already with your, your yeah. short reel. We did. We will we'll provide you guys. Uh, we actually have the full stream so we can provide that so you guys can pick out your favorite moment. Oh yeah, oh, that'd okay, be great. To, to leave out some of the key secrets oh, though, of course, and yeah. discoveries. We, we, we okay. We won't spoil anything for anyone else that okay. wants to try it out for sure. I know my favorite bit is when Rowdy dropped out and disappeared, and we were like, "Where Rowdy go?" Is this? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was part of the game or not. We I was like, get stuff done. "Yeah, exactly." You guys, you guys definitely thought that I was teaming up with the evil minion guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for inviting us uh, to to play it. You know, it was a lot yeah. of fun, and uh, we really appreciate the invite. And we just wish you the best of luck for the future, and we can't wait. To see what yeah. you guys uh, do next, uh, you know, in this really exciting and interesting new world, uh, in yeah. using virtual reality, it's, it's amazing. So thank you again. Thank you so wouldn't, much. Wouldn't it be fun to end this this fine interview with the man himself, yeah. Doctor Crumb? Doctor Crumb, would you mind? <laughs> yes, my pretties. Looks like you've all become my minions, haven't you? Well. Now that we've brainwashed you, maybe you can start folding my fuzzy underwear, shall we? It's <laughs> <laughs> Jasper. What a way to exit. Thanks, Jasper. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was incredible. And there you have it. That is Dr. Crumb. Yeah, wow. That, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun indeed. And uh, it's an experience that we'd all recommend uh, to go check it out. Um, it's, it is quite pricey at $100, uh, you know, and you really do need like a to, to gather your team up and organize it with them you know you can't just join a random lobby of other people uh, so it does take some effort involved to getting it coordinated but um you know 25 bucks each i think uh, you know for an unforgettable uh, experience with your friends anywhere in the world i think it's worth it um especially oh. for one that's unique and that you could go through again and probably have a different experience a pro tip here um i had given because gaming science teacher last week had said she was quite interested in maybe getting some mates and uh family and friends in. And so I gave her a heads up right after I was like, book this now because you're going to want to. And she said 50% off with the code OG-LAB-RAT. 
uh, still worked as of Thursday. Oh, good so recommendation. That is yeah. a great recommendation in chat. So that was OG-Lab-Rat. Gets you 50% off for the booking price. Although I would say, Mike, that, um, as you said, my, I, I do a lot of these. I actually feel like the value was on par with mm -hmm. a real-life room escape. And when I was saying in the interview that like it, it felt like a it felt like a room escape. I mean, it feels like a real life room escape. The ones that I've done with teams of people, um, and actually the current average price of a room escape is twenty five dollars. So I feel like the like if you go along and you really only want to have two people, you're going to be paying you know a little bit through the nose for that experience. But I actually would recommend if you're going to do it, get your four people in. Not yeah, just for cool. the price per head, but also the experience is is better. I think with the bigger group. Definitely, definitely agree. Uh, they're booked up at the moment until the 18th of June, uh, but they've got slots after that, and they're adding more uh, actors to it. So, um, you know, they'll have more slots available in the future. So that is Dr. Crumb's uh, School for Disobedient Pets, available on Oculus <laughs> Quest, around 40 yeah. minutes long uh, to an hour, if you want to go check it out. So now let's hand it over to Zim for the latest releases to look forward to next week. Hey, hey, some juicy stuff. <laughs> a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, I feel like the last couple of weeks I've had, you know, just two. Uh, and this week is pretty much the same. So uh, I'll go ahead and roll uh, what we've got. So uh, first off, some of you may remember a game called The Wizards, um, which now has a sequel called Dark Times. So The Wizard Dark Times, landing on a PC VR uh, for $25.1949 in pounds from Carbon Studios as of the 4th of June. Uh, so this is available now. Uh, you can face the end of the world as the as the sequel to the wizards um and there is uh, a number of different things uh in this spellcaster game if you didn't play the original one uh you may be uh may be familiar with the uh narration that was there uh, initially and and so that's back you've got some new enemies uh bigger challenges and a broader adventure gesture based uh system for casting spells uh, and this is something that I suppose I was checking that's out. That's really nice. I, I was casting. I was kind of checking out um, Kaz and Cherry's stream doing this uh, yesterday, and actually, I, it, it looks quite. Uh, it looks like they've they've really changed up the enemies that you come across, um, and and the spell casting um, again looks looks enticing. I don't know yeah. if go on, Rowdy. You want to say something? Yeah, I, I remember from the first game that that was something I really liked there, like the spell casting itself, because it it, it really does give that feeling of like that you are a spellcaster. I like that a lot in this, uh, in this in the original title. Yeah, I mean, for me, it like gesture-based spell casting is like a, it's like a, it's a two-part thing. It's a double-edged sword. I like the fact that you have to do it. I often get frustrated in the recognition, and I I, I hope that the teams who have games with this bring in some uh, kind of machine learning or something like that. Yeah. To, to kind of get to know human behavior that bit better. Because um, like games like Orbis and stuff like that um, have utilized this system before. And sometimes you're there like, God damn it, I can't just draw a bloody box, you know? And, but, but with this one, the, the, the first one that I, at least my experience with it, it, it was very solid. It was very solid, the spell casting. And I, and I did mess around with that a little bit because I found it interesting. I wanted to know how they did it. Uh, but it, it feels very... At least back then, it felt really solid. So I only imagine it would get better. And it was a decent length story, the original one. So it's interesting that they've got a uh, sequel out. Kind of, um, they've they've pushed the original game, I think, to every platform where it was, you know, technically viable. And now they've moved on to a sequel. I didn't hear this one was coming earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, this one just kind of dropped out of the blue for me. Anyone else get a heads up to this one? Uh, we tried it at Gamescom, I think. Mike and I. Yep. 
Yep, I tried at Gamescom. But I I do agree with you. Marketing-wise, they could have done better. I think most people, uh, even now, well, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, you got like a little scoop again. But outside of that, I think a lot of people have no idea that this is even out. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, if if that's your bag, you know, you like that kind of wizarding vibe, then you'll enjoy this one. Yeah. (laughs) Wizarding vibe. I like it. Uh, all our, all our, all our makeshift Harry Potter's out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the next one up, I've got for you. Um, so that was that was the Wizards' Dark Times. In case you wanted to catch that name. Next one, I, I, you heard me smitten with Iron Man VR. Well, uh, Camouflage uh, did uh, a game prior to this, which we mentioned last week, Republic uh, VR. And uh, little did I know, this wasn't previously available natively on Index or Vive and is coming to us on the 12th of June. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this as the visuals look like they've they've had a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for here? And Remastered. A buff push. up, a revamp. Yeah. Buff up. Um, the scary thing is that this game originated as a mobile game in 2013. Uh, 19th of December, 2013 wow. is when that first landed. This game is a stealth action game set in a dystopian world where uh, you experience the perils of government surveillance in the internet age um, you know, this game, like uh, like like Black Mirror, just seems to be coming closer and closer and closer to our lives. And it was a really um, kind of rich title. I found it a lot like Metal Gear Solid. And if you're looking to scratch that itch, you're basically viewing through various security cameras, helping out this girl named Hope, who's stuck uh, in in various predicaments, and you're helping guide her through these levels. As I said, it's it's very Metal Gear Solid esque to me. Um, and I was like at the end of the first of five chapters and going, oh no, is that it? Uh, it was only like, you know, it took me maybe two hours to get there. It's like, oh, that's the end of chapter one of five. Uh, I haven't even managed to complete chapter two. I need to go back and it's like Augmented Empire, one of those games that uh, I really like, but I just haven't carved out the time the, for yet. The style of the game reminds me that like point and click kind of thing reminds me a little bit of like uh, The Longest Journey. Don't know if any of you like played any of those series or... Uh... No, never played it. Oh, we're losing you, Rowdy. <laughs> but uh, talking about like uh, Metal Gear Solid vibes, um, our friend of the show, David Hater, is actually a voice actor in this game as well. Oh, he is. I didn't know he did artist and this as well. He was cool. a voice actor in Firelands. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> true. Nathan that's loves scary. that game. That's why he remembers. Yeah, what was what was the name of the do- the doctor or whatever in that? Do you remember? Uh, doctor. Oh, Doctor Spoogle or something Spoog- like that. Spoog- Spoogle. <laughs> Spoogle. Yeah. Spoogle. Spoogle. I like that name. Something like that. <laughs> We're so making this up, but yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if for those who don't know what Farlands is, because it's a bit weird, it was a freebie when the Rift, the CV1, uh, originally launched that that Oculus brought out, and you could play it, and you had to kind of collect pets and jump around these islands. It was a bit bizarre. Um, I don't know, a bit of a strange one. So that was Republic uh, Index and Vibe launching on the 12th of June. I don't have a price for that one, but just to compare, on mobile, the game is still 14.99 all in. It's kind of like free download and then if you buy all the chapters it's $14.99 in dollars total uh, and it is $7.99 on the other platforms um, such as where this previously landed on Go 19th of April 2018 and on Rift and Quest 25th mm. of July last year I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how this is getting received on the PC uh, platform mm. after so long yeah for sure after so long yeah yeah because yeah. Yeah. the visuals I think even with a buff up will be a an Achilles mm. heel for new players who will go like, hang on a second. Like, also the control like scheme a, as well. Be yeah, the control scheme is also, because it's mm. kind of, 
call it inverted teleport locomotion because mm. you're you're fixed. The character that you point goes to a place and moves. On Go, it felt like a perfect experience. No yeah. mitigations from a three-off controller. Um, on Quest, I dabbled with it and it felt fine. But I think you're right. I think Nathie's. Uh, I think there is going to be some mm. some complaint uh, in all of that. Mm. So those are the two main titles I wanted to cover off. Um, I, I would feel remiss as a person who was born in Ohio if I didn't mention at least uh, Premium Bowling, uh, which is another game um, that has come out. Oh, well, I was like um, Ohio Chicken. It, what's Ohio Chicken? I don't know about Ohio Chicken. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so it's a bowling game. You can bowl, and uh, I'm not going to go much deeper into it. I, I personally think that if you're looking for an arcade sim, like with bowling and stuff like that, there's probably a few other options that may be a little bit better. Uh, so Rec, I'm room. Here standing. Rec Room has bowling. It, Rec Room has bowling. And I also am going to recommend that you check out the Peerhead Arcade Bundle. Oh. You can get the first and second games for just £11. Uh, so that's just about $14 for both Peerhead Arcade games. And those have bowling, shooting galleries. My favorite one is one where you're, you're taking a little slidey penguin and scooting it down a little ice rink and trying to keep all the penguins from from falling off. It's hard to describe it. Oh, There's yeah. also the the famous. Uh, do you guys know the the grabby uh, machines that yeah, come down and like grab a, yeah. an elephant or whatever a stuffed elephant? I spent I remember two hours one day just trying to get a little bear for my for my daughter who was watching me play VR at the time. And like it feels really good, just like in real life when you actually land, getting yeah. the squeaky little bear. Yeah, it's very so, addicting. Oh, you get tickets arcade. too, right? You get tickets, and then you can oh. use the sticks to buy, for example, like a toy drone or yeah, no, Tank. it's 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 All a hidden gem. It's Firecrackers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah fireworks. No, no, but it like, and 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 the nice thing about Purehead is that like you you have a multiplayer space. It is multiplayer. You can play over the over the internet as well, mm. and you get to keep those toys or things that you unlock. You put them oh, on yeah, a shelf, true. and they're still there. So there's kind <laughs> and of and like, the second one is multiplayer now, so you could play with a yep. friend too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's uh, I think they're they're really uh, worthwhile checking out. So that's a little bit of a deal I caught. Wow. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to mention, uh, because it's something that I missed in previous weeks, but I know there are fans here who are going to be like, oh, this is uh, this is something that I want to get into. Contractors uh, recently had a patch that opens up to its quest version. So there's an open uh, quest beta you can get into on their website at contractorsvr.com slash blog for the details of how you download the APK and sideload it. You don't need side quest. Um, and the quest beta, which allows up to 10 player matches, is cross-play uh, on, on allocated servers uh, with, with PC. So that's really awesome. So you're actually able right now to run and gun and play cross-platform. Uh, I checked this out with uh, an update that's now for anyone who's the lucky owner of a force tube. Uh, the force tube support is now built in as well. So you can literally yeah. play with a wireless connection over Bluetooth to your force tube from contractor's beta running on your Oculus Quest and get all that lovely force feedback into your shoulder. Great experience. Wow, really awesome. fantastic experience. Yeah, I think I that this week. Yeah. That's yeah, very and, special, cross-platform. actually, yeah. And, well, the cross-platform thing, a lot of people were saying this is saving uh, this is saving the current uh, the the current kind of lobbies because Pavlov is much yeah. more popular than Contractors, um, and Contractors now that it's getting the Quest influx is a lot better. Smart. I also and, have and to, there's enough room for both of them to exist. Yeah, there is. Yeah, They're different games. They're different games. One's yeah. a little bit more like Counter Strike, and the other one's a little bit more like uh, Insurgency. So the, the trailer I was ro rolling, by the way, is an unofficial trailer by friend of the channel, BMF. And if you're into quest stuff, I think of no one better than Matt. 
BMF show. Go over and find him on YouTube. And uh, yeah, thanks, Matt, for letting me uh, run your trailer. I think it's awesome. He cut together his own little trailer because the game's not officially released yet. So uh, I thought that would be a cool one to show you guys. Um, I have one final little piece as well, just in Ooh. terms of uh, releases. So uh, this week I asked a question out on Twitter and uh, got some very interesting uh, answers back. Uh, but I'm going to start off with a question that I received and just run something in the background. If you're stuck and it's summertime now and you know, schools have been shut and all that, but you're now going into the summer, you've got kids and you're like, I need something oh, to play with one. my kids. Oh, my days, yes. So, so don't worry, Nathy, I'm not there yet. That's the punchline, and it's coming. Um, but I put together a short list of games that would be good for like a five-year-old and have a, a sharp listen, lads, and bolt on to anything at the back here that you think would add to this. So the first thing, and the thing that I'm showing, um, is Gnomes and Goblins. It was a preview of a John Favreau experience that I think a lot of people have since forgotten about, mm. and that one is like really cute. You can peer into all the little homes. It really uh, is one of the first titles that dealt with detail very well. And I think that that's one you should check out. Yeah. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of other names, and then you guys let me know if there's Can anything in particular. Can I just say one thing about this one is that it has never Dude. been finished. Never finished. Uh, no. And then last year, I met someone who said that they were still working on it. And I was like, no, you got to be no, kidding seriously. me. you got to be kidding me. But I don't know, like... Since then, I haven't heard anything else. That's four years ago. I know, I know. But I was like, you gotta be, you got to be serious because I, I still want more. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I I would go for that full. I would I would easily pay for that full experience. It was my wife's favorite um, VR experience for a long time. So that's great. Someone told you in the back corridors that they're still working on gnomes yeah. and goblins. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Scoop, scoop, scoop. That is yeah. hot scoop. Old hot scoop. scoop. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm gonna call these games out. Uh, so if you if you are again a parent, you're looking after kids, your grandparent, whatever, and you're into VR, uh, these are the things that I'd recommend. And then the lads, you can chip in at the end here if you got any that I've missed or you think uh, would be great for kids. Okay. Uh, I'm generally aiming at young kids because if you're 10, you can play anything. Um, VR the Diner Duo, I think is great for kind of co-op play. Mm. Gadgeteer. <laughs> Gadgeteer. <laughs> <laughs> it's playing with dominoes. Come on, Mike. It's not can too you bad. Even reach, can you even wow. reach the shelf where those things are on? <laughs> I love Rowdy's smile right here. Yeah, I know. Uh, Cave Digger. I think Cave Digger would be a nice one. Colorful. Digging for gems. Get a little bit of uh, their Minecraft uh, mind into the VR space. Bizarre Barber. Uh, just mind those necks. Uh, Beat Saber, of course. I think Beat Saber's already a hit with kids. Spectro, which was a Halloween hit a while back. Pretty decent, uh, simple controls. Half and Half, one that Nathy likes a lot. Half, and half, uh, yeah, half like and Half is great, yeah. For multiplayer, yeah. Ghost Giant, again. Uh, some of the controls are a little bit funny, but like some of the like the blowing controls and picking stuff up, and again, that kind of scope and scale mm. can be good for uh, for kids. Vacation Simulator is an obvious one, I know. Um, VR Furballs, Tilt Brush, Fugle, or F-U-G-L, Fugle, which is a bird flight uh, VR sim. Uh, and the final one, I wonder, I think Nathy might remember this one. Mountain Goat Mountain. Oh, yeah, but that one has always been free. <laughs> who made that again? Who, who was it? Oh, um, it's a famous studio for sure. It uh, is famous. Goat is it Mountain. PopCap? Uh, let me let me check. So yeah, one that I will it. throw in there while he checks is uh, Akron from Resolution oh, Games. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because the best thing about that? that is you only need one headset, and the kids can play on mobile as the squirrels, and then you know the adult can be in VR, and then you can all swap places and rotate around. And as a family game, like. It's probably one of the best, I think. 
Yeah. Good good shout, Mike. Rowdy, yeah. any ones that you would like to chip in? Mm, uh, it's like five year old. I was thinking like Moss, but that's maybe already maybe a little bit later. Yeah, right? quite tricky. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, because I was thinking the age eight to twelve bracket for Moss, but um yeah, yeah very good. Nice. Mikey, anything I missed there? Um, so the developer is called Zynga. Uh, oh, Zynga. Zynga, um, yeah. Zynga. They're huge. Um, so I, I, I would say Baby Shark is a pretty solid one. Uh, Baby Shark VR? It's yeah. a VR experience. I actually tried it. It's, uh, let's say for kids, uh, yeah, it must be like pretty next level. <laughs> I look forward right? to the video. The, the chat yeah. is saying no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Also, uh, I think, uh, uh, what is it like... Um, I think it's called um, Alone Together by uh, yeah. by the guys who also made Adventure Time uh, VR. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm glad and, you're not recommending Adventure Time. I found that quite... Uh, but I, I think now. what's important uh, if you have kids and want to play VR stuff is that uh, almost everything is interactable. And, and that's why, for example, Vacation Simulator and also Job Simulator work so well. Because mm -hmm. uh, most of the games we mention are, to a certain degree, not... You can't like touch everything, and everything makes sounds, and so so it needs to be as much interactable as possible. Like Bogo is a good example of that. Bogo, although it's a it's a an Oculus Home exclusive, Bogo is a really good example for yeah. kids as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it needs to be a standing experience too, because the moment you know you have to teleport or stuff like that's super complicated. Yeah. <laughs> good thank you guys for chipping in on that and this wouldn't be the f reality podcast if i didn't swing that uh that wrecking ball the other way so games that were, are not for kids um so i'm just gonna mention a couple of those as well in chat please play along here uh so these are the ones that were chipped in and i'll call out who, who chipped them in uh so dr oculus vr said focus on you which is a game about <laughs> taking pictures of a korean girl and a who's, who's just about school age Abe VR by Martin Risby. Uh, Vertimate, I'd never even heard of that one, by Maximilian Fernandez. Uh, Blade and Sorcery, says George Edwards. Uh, Kenojo VR, Eric for President. Um, that's a good one. PT, Bogart game, we were just talking about that. Definitely don't want to send your kids into PT. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> VR Paradise, SLR. Ape VR. Rec Room, I love that Rec Room made the list for games not for kids, but I have to agree with Bull. If you've got a five-year-old, putting him into Rec Room, they're probably going to come across some parental stuff that uh, you probably don't want them listening to. Uh, Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Oh my, that one by Lucian is, um, yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, mm -hmm. VR Chat, Nathie's favorite. Uh, that is probably not best suited for the younger ones. <laughs> and finally, uh, Dating Lessons from Stuart Carter. Well, my taste. <laughs> Gotta start young. You guys uh, have anything you would say uh, not for kids? Accounting yeah. and Trover Saves the Universe, because they both look like kids' games, but they're definitely not. Definitely. Walking not. Dead, Saints and Sinners. Yeah. Gorn. Ape VR. Ape VR. Also interesting about that one is that Ape VR was this demo that you could play in, I don't know, it came out in 2014, 15 one. or something. Yeah, they're working on a new one. It's like an escape game, but it's more disturbing than ever. Uh, and they have uh, Ape is a robot, uh, like a psychological weird ass. I don't know what it is. Um, no, but he's actually it's actually a robot who has been programmed to make humans better. Yes, he just needs a lot of but, test uh, subjects to do so. What I wanted to say about it is that Ape has a Twitter account, uh, and uh, if you follow him, he he follows other robots too. He doesn't follow any humans and posts very disturbing stuff. And it's true. It's it's a marketing thing they're running. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's oh awesome. God. 
Well, that's the best bit that came out of this segment at all. So thank you very much. <laughs> not for kids. Is, yeah, not for kids. I'm, defi- yeah. I'm definitely following that. And, yeah, you should. Uh, oh, Five Nights at Freddy's is what chat's saying. Oh, Rico's Fragments. My days. Oh, my God. GTA, of course. A few other things. <laughs> GTA. Thank you, chat. Uh, and that's it for the releases and some recommendations about what to and not to put your kids in in VR. Good recommendations. Good recommendations. So we're running a little bit late, so I'm just going to wrap up the show. So just a quick reminder that uh, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. Don't forget, you can also catch the show live in VR in big screen TV, watch it with other people, which is really cool. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. Also, go and check out the audio version. Go and listen to it on your commute. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the show. We want to say thank you to everyone that subscribed recently. We just surpassed 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is a really nice little milestone. And also, thanks again to Synth Riders for sponsoring this show. Uh, We hope you have a great week in VR. Uh, Until then, see ya. Stay safe. And we'll be back next week. So take care. Look after each other. Bye-bye.